This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 65 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horace Heresy 30K Industrial Accident Story podcast. My name is Michael, and I have my co-host here, Derek. Go and say what's going on, Derek. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Go and say what's going on, Scott. Assalamu alaikum, ladies. And the powerful but gentle Ryan Kimmel. Say what's going on, Ryan. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> So, guys, hopefully this episode you'll notice there's a lot less scratchy and static noise. Uh, so that we don't know what kind of combinations of events made that happen, but it seems to be that the gremlins are gone now. Uh, so probably upon saying this, we're going to go ahead and get them coming back, but that's okay. But Just know that we're working on it. Like we're, we're aware of it. We're actively trying to fix it. We really are. We talk about it every show. And we've really went out of our way to try to get it fixed. I toss and turn at night knowing that it exists. So if any of you know how to use Mumble out there, I would gladly, gladly accept any sort of help with Mumble. I have no fucking clue how that works. We downloaded it because it seemed awesome. But I don't know. But that's, that's neither here nor there right now. Let's go ahead and let you know what we have lined out in this show for you guys. So on the list tonight, we got a, the intro, of course. We're going to go through everything, which the intro and the hobby progress, they seem kind of collide all the time, so it'll be built together. The intro will include hobby progress. Uh, then we'll have uh, some voicemails from you guys, including an industrial accident story from the Emperor's Path podcast. Uh, and then we will have Ryan go into an event he went to called the Search for the Armada Codex, the Armada Bundes Codex. Uh, then we have a word bearers list we're going to go over, a death guard list, and if you stay till the very end, we got a wheel of grindage spin we're going to go through. So, got some got some good stuff coming for you guys, so just hang out for that. So, let's go ahead and do some, some intro here and some hobby progress. See how everybody's doing. Let's start with you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's going on, Ryan? How has your week been? It's been good, man. Uh, I basically finished off those uh, two guys I had to get, or it was four models I had to get done for this Michigan event that I'll talk about later. I had two assault Marines to do and uh, a chaplain and that apothecary. So I got all those models done and then just went right back to work working on those um, desert scrapyard tiles from Secret Weapon for my, uh, well, it's for several games, but it's it needs to be done for the uh, Dark Age event at the Michigan GT that I'm running, but it can be used for 30K, you know, whatever. You're the real champ trying to, trying to get those tiles done, man. Those are some detailed as tiles, and you are not skimping on any of that detail like you could put a picture of your tiles on the box that they come in and i feel like people would buy them like that you like <laughs> all the washes all the paints you paint every little piece in there 
should yeah, be proud of yourself. It's a, it's annoying. It looks pretty <laughs> good though. So, so I'm almost done. I got, I got one, I got one of those tiles left to do, and it'll be done. Um, so I should be done. Uh, we're recording on Sunday, so I should be done by tomorrow night, and then start on the buildings that go on top of it. So that's pretty much what I did, uh, hobby progress wise. And then uh, we talked a little bit about me going to MKA on the last show. I got all the materials uh, I need ordered, and it's being sent here. The problem is a lot of it I'm not going to be able to fly with because I'm taking one carry-on bag, and they have like you can only take I think a like it's either it's either a hundred or fifty millimeter or fifty milliliter containers on the plane. Yeah. Um, so I'm good there because everything I'm taking is like these, I'm taking the larger size, uh, Tamiya paints, which are like 30. So everything that I'm taking falls under that, which is good, but you can't have more than a quart bag worth of these 30 or whatever. You can have up to a hundred milliliter individual containers, but all those individual containers have to all fit in a quart sized plastic bag. And it's not fucking happening. I need, I don't even know. It may fit in a gallon bag, but I don't know that it fit in a quart bag. It's just so much shit. So I'm working with, I guess there's two or three or four. There's several several other, well, handful of other um, guys coming from the U.S., and they're going to have the same issue I'm having. So the MKA guys are working with us. Like, I'll bring, like, a quarter, and maybe the one guy, other guy will bring a quarter, and then another guy. But even that, like, some of the shit, I just don't see them letting you fly with. Like, I don't see how they're going to let you fly with paint thinner. <laughs> or turpentine on a fucking airplane. I don't see no, that. No, it's not. <laughs> so we got a we got a couple. One a listener to this show is going to. Uh, he just reached out. So random. I'm offering. I'm taking rides up from random strangers on the internet. Seems nice. totally nice. safe in a different he, country. He listens. He listens to this show and made it through the puppy story and all the industrial accident stories. So I'm sure he's of total sound mind to yeah. pick me up, and I'm not worried at all about being you know murdered or anything like that. So we should be good. <laughs> how many? Uh, I got an idea about the paint thinner. Actually. What's that? How many small like condom balloons do you think <laughs> you can swallow and or shove up your butt of paint thinner? <laughs> Real um, question <laughs> for the listeners. I don't know. <laughs> Other than like, as a personal hobby, I've not like professionally tried to insert anything into my ass, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I've never really kept track <laughs> it's of how much fits up in there. It was just more like, that. it was just more like, ah, this looks like it would feel good. I didn't really like judge the size beforehand or like measure how many milliliters that was before it was inserted. So, just I'm don't not 100 percent around too much. You don't want one of those devices there. <laughs> Go off. Yeah, that'd be good. Some Plus, paint thinner the... and your fucking. <laughs> they give a... you some like straight. What is that called? Diverculitis. Diver. Fucking. You'd be in trouble. You'd be the People weird kid in Crohn's... class with the stinky fucking paint thinner. <laughs> <laughs> it probably, probably fucking do mine good. I eat a bunch of shitty food, so there's probably some shit down there that needs killing. Get a good cleanse going. <laughs> so anyway, I was talking. So Oliver is the guy picking me up for the airport. So I want to thank Oliver for going out of his way and doing that. It's really cool. He's a listener to the show, and he reached out when he heard I was coming. Um, so that's cool. And then. Uh, I'm staying in the my I'm staying in the hotel room with Alistair from Legion of Lies, and then uh, I think Max from Road to Terror is going to come down and hang out with me. So 
uh, I'm going to get to hang out with a lot of the other UK podcasters and a lot of listeners from the UK, which will be a lot of fun. So Max has taken MKA. He's taken like three or four of their classes, I think is what he said. So he's got all the supplies you need. So he also offered to bring his stuff that I could just use Fuck as well. Man. So I'm hoping that fucking legend me getting with, yeah me getting with max and having him bring his stuff and then the other three or two or three americans going uh with me all dividing up whatever we can take that there'll be plenty of supplies for everybody that's going that can use and we can share so i'm gonna take my airbrush uh uh i think henry from mka said i could borrow his compressor so i have to take my airbrush and a hose which i'm buying a new airbrush to take because the one I have is just a fucking siphon speed, uh, siphon feed that sprays in about a fucking area about that big nice. that you can't control. It's like you paint a cars with it or something. I'm not sure. That's <laughs> yeah. all I've ever used. So I'm going to buy... Uh, I talked to Samson, and he recommended a Patriot 105 Extreme. So I'm going to pick one of those up at Gen Con in a couple weeks when I go at the Badger booth. So I'll pick one of those up. And uh, I think that's also what the CK Studios teaches you on. And I'm going to Nova... And so I'm going to take their intro to airbrushing class. So I'm pretty sure that they teach you on Badger equipment. Maybe. Or maybe Grex. I don't fucking know. But anyway, I've never used a gravity feed before. And when I take that class, I'll learn all the basics of using gravity feed before I show up at the MKA class and have to, like, start from fucking scratch and look like a total idiot. I mean, I'm going to look like a total idiot anyway because I'm me. But less than normal, I guess. So basically you're saying by, like, the end of November you're going to be painting, like, fucking Mona Lisa's on Leviathans and shit, like Little Legend. I don't know, man. I, I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking MKA. I'm taking the CK Studios Beginner's Airbrushing Classes at Nova. I'm taking a Matt DiPietro, I think's his name, like, Painting Flesh. I'm taking a Painting Historical Vehicle class at Nova, and I'm taking something else painting-wise. And then early next year, I'm taking the CK Studios Advanced class. The Michigan guys are going to try to get them up there for their... It's like a, the American version of MKA. You paint dreadnoughts instead of tanks. Yeah. So, but they go through all the, you know, the finishing and weathering. So I'm going to take that. Uh, and hopefully, because my wife is taking all the Nova classes with me, so she likes the intro to airbrushing classes um, taught by CK Studios. I'm hoping that she'll take the CK Studios Advanced class with me as well. So that could be fun. So we'll probably go up to Michigan together early next year. Was that something you'd be interested in going to too, Scott? The CK Studios class? Yeah, sure, man. I'm down. So, yeah. So we get that figured out. Um, Dude, you like as good as you paint with a brush, if you get that good with an airbrush, you're going to be the fucking John Jones of painting. You're just going to be <laughs> kick, kicking 37 year old men in the face until they're retarded <laughs> and crying on camera. <laughs> it's. I'm gonna paint a model, and the fucking Cormier crying face will just appear on it. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. So we'll get um, that man in the back. Stop taking pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> heartless bastard. Uh, so yeah, so I'm trying to get. I'm, this is the year of getting my paint, my paint knowledge on. So I'm hoping after, because the the Michigan GT happens uh, October sixth. So that'll be done. And when that ends, like, because I'm going to have all the Nova classes and the MKA class under my belt, like right up until that point. And then that ends. And when that ends, I'll be done painting terrain because I have to get all this dark age terrain done before then. So the fucking Monday after I get back from the Michigan GT, I'm going to start on my Adepticon project. 
whatever that is. I can't fucking decide now because it's up in the air whether it's going to be Word Bearers, Death Guard, because I'm learning how to paint Death Guard at MKA, or my Militia. I still am heavily leaning towards my Militia. So I'm going to learn to paint Death Guard there, but I'm going to hunt... I have... I took a bunch of fucking screenshots from the... Uh, or pictures from the Forge World Masterclass book of these uh, Imperial Guard tanks that I really, really like the look of, and it's what I want my Militia guys to look like. So I'm going to show those to the fucking MKA guys and just say, hey, you know, which techniques are we learning here to do this? Or is there something, whatever? And I'm going to I'm going to fucking pick their br- I'm going to drive them crazy. They're going to be glad to see me go back to fucking America because if I'm going to ask them so many fucking questions about shit. Like. Well, I mean, you are flying. You got to. You get one chance, man. You can't go to another MKA exactly. class later. And learn a different army. No, no, I can't. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to accumulate all this. I'm trying to accumulate all this knowledge, um, so that, well, like this is ending. So it's like the last opportunity I have to have access to it. But I want to retain it and get as good at good at it as I can. And then my other local guys, or you know, like Scott, or. Um, De- uh, perpetual painting David or anybody that also is super interested in painting that didn't get a chance to go or wants to further their painting skills. I'm hoping that I retain enough of it and get good enough at it where I can show them and, you know, and just keep that knowledge rolling and just, you know, raise everybody up. So I'm not trying to be selfish with it at all. I, I mean, I want to be good for, I definitely want to be good and be good at painting, but I'm not going to be like, you know, anything I can help other people with. I'm definitely willing to do that. Can we? If I buy you spy glasses, will you wear them? <laughs> um, any world is gonna be sure. Like, is that a thing? It's like, why do your glasses keep like those red? glasses dudes <laughs> wear in porn, like for ultra up close POV shots? Perfect. Yeah, those. I may, I might have a few of those later. Around. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, you can borrow my spare pair. That's um, right. <laughs> wipe them down first. But I, I mean, I. I guess that's me uh, on like hobby progress. That kind of went on a weird, you know, area there. But I mean, that's that's pretty much all I've been working on. Right now, I'm just really focused on getting this terrain done for the Michigan GT. I'm trying to put on the the best event I can for Dark Age and make everybody proud. Um, Brian, the main fucking designer of the game, is going to be there, and so is uh, Dave Taylor, who used to be the like partners with Brian on designing the game and has also, you know, been high up at games workshop and is well known in the gaming community. And then uh, it's the first time I've ever ran an event for a convention. Like I've ran my own events, but I've never like been asked by a convention to run an event. So I have a lot of pressure on me to make sure that it fucking looks good and is good and everything goes smooth to not let anybody down. So I'm really focused on, right. So I'm really focused on that right now and trying to put like all my personal projects on the back burner until that's done, and then on fucking October 10th or whatever, when I get back, um, I, I'm going to focus all on Adepticon and get that knocked out. Very fucking cool, dude. You said Dave Taylor's going to be there? Yep. He's playing in my Dark Age event. I have followed his blog, that miniatures painting blog, for probably like I've, uh, many years now, and uh, I'm very familiar with his work, so that'd be pretty badass to meet him first. Well, he he'll be there. Fucking hand job coming your way, Dave Taylor. Watch out. <laughs> Surprise hand job. 
He's like, oh, 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 no. Shit, <laughs> <Dear> Lord. <laughs> Crack. Fucking, I don't just, know what it sounds like. Just make sure, <laughs> make sure it's dark, and then maybe he won't tell you to stop. There we go. <laughs> No <laughs> Scott's all, shh, shh, I respect you. Shh, shh. <laughs> Badass. So, Derek. What's up? What kind of hobby progress do you have? Or just how was your week? Well, my week went a lot better than last week did. Got my car back running all smooth. Hopefully for a while now. Uh, so, yeah, I got to test out that spray spray booth I got set up. And, uh, man, airbrushing is a tool that I've never used before. So, still trying to get some more work done in that. Laying down some sick base coats, but beyond that, still trying to get a feel for it. Have you, like, reached out to, like, have you been, like, watching YouTube videos? Or, like, have you reached out into, like, any of the current badass painters out there, airbrushers or anything like that? Or Not yet. I'm still just trying to get, like... You're just laying down some sick... Just laying down black. some sick foundations with it. And then, uh, you know, just seeing where I go from there. Uh, just trying to, you know, mostly trying to get used to get used to the tools. Um, getting used to keeping it clean. Because, uh, like my 7th grade health teacher taught me, you've got to keep that shit clean. Or you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, that's exactly right. Treat your airbrush like you would your dick. Keep it clean. Yeah. And outside of... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that that's good advice for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Me, me and Scott are looking at each other like, me and Scott are looking at each other like, oh shit, that's why we suck at airbrushing. Like, yeah, like, I've stuck that thing in some bad places. To this podcast, that means they would never use their airbrush. So. <laughs> use your airbrush like you do your dick. Keep it in your pants. <laughs> Excuse me, my needle seems to have wandered. Let me, I just need to fix that real quick. Anybody got yeah. a band aid? <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to be hitting up some resources for that. Uh, I feel like I need to start going first on these because I feel like very, like, so Ryan's going to have all his, like, classes going, coming up and he's doing MKA and I'm just over here just, like, spraying, like, base coats and spraying cardboard. Yeah, but you're fairly new, though. Like, we were talking about this, like, it'll, like, I like having you on because it's a fresh perspective. Like, you haven't played a lot of games yet and you're just like... We get to see you progress. Yeah. So like, definitely it's, it's a, so like, as you start playing more games and getting more models done, you're, you know, you'll be able to contribute more and more and more. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think oh, it's yeah, good. Yeah. I'm not worried. That's just what I'm trying to like knock out some basics so I can bring some like fresher perspective, especially with the, uh, with heresy. Cause I think people are starting to catch on that. I'm actually haven't done a whole lot of heresy. Like, I'm still trying to... <laughs> Some guy just goes, what? <laughs> Slammed on his brakes. <laughs> hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm living a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that fender is on me. Uh, but yeah, so... I mean, 7th edition, I've been going over the books. Uh, I've, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I've been to enough events that I'm comfortable like watching and uh, understanding what's going on, seeing what's happening. I just need to get an army off the, off the you know get an army off the ground and you know everybody who's done that knows it's not quick. Not nah, dog. Nope. So uh, that's why I was like looking into airbrushing because I know that'd be one way to speed up the process. But the main problem I'm running into now is now that I'm I've got the airbrush going, I want to go back and repaint everything I've done so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that happens to me. 
all the time. All the time. But yeah, the only thing I the re, I lucked, I lucked out that in my transition from playing 40k to not playing 40k at all and only playing 30k, that's right when I started airbrushing. So like all my shit that was all purely brush painted was all my 40k stuff. So since I've switched to 30k, it's only ever been airbrushing. So it's been nice that I don't it, I never had to repaint anything like what you're talking about. Yeah. But so when I first switched classes. over to 30k, uh, yeah. <laughs> When I first switched over to 30k, I had intentions of going back and, you know, I'm playing 40k again and I was worried about, well, now that I want to, you know, continue my works or whatever, what am I going to I have all this airbrush knowledge. It's like am I just going to go back like just am I always going to have to fucking brush paint these guys whenever I go to paint my works? So it's I get what you're saying. Do you ever do you ever uh like have that like determined moment where you drop some stuff into like uh, simple green where you're like there's no going back now like there's like that last few <laughs> seconds where you're like oh, this yeah. whole army is going to be my updated painting scheme and like you know that you're like there's a hundred hours sitting in your hands that you're about to drop into fucking simple green yep. and you just go bye guys <laughs> I ruined 4,000 points I've, no, I've never stripped way. anything hold on I want to hear right I want to hear Scott's story <laughs> you did what <laughs> oh yeah dude my okay so my very first ever 40k army, like ever, 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 way back in the day, was Dark Angels. And when every time I would like leave the hobby and get back into it, that was always the first army I would start. Well, I've been like, I came back to the game at the very end of fifth, beginning of sixth. So Dark Angels had just got a new codex and it wasn't like total shit. They were the new hobby. And I had I had bought all of this stuff. I had like four thousand points of it, and I'm. You know, I've I've grown as a painter, like anyone does that does it for, you know, hours on end. And I decided, like, hey, I'm gonna strip this stuff and repaint it all perfectly, and it fucking did not work out whatsoever. Like, I I was in the army and I dumped. It was some kind of like purple magic or something you buy at Walmart. Oh yeah. Well, I threw purple it in power. Purple something power. like that. Yeah, I threw it in a vat and I left for the field for like four or five days. <laughs> and I came back and it was all fucked. It was all like, like all my Deathwing knights and shit looked like melted butter. It was oh god, why drink so now? Sorry. You know, it's just, <laughs> just terrible. Haunts me. They, your Deathwing knights just looking at you. Just we trusted you. <laughs> why? Looking like fucking, looking like fucking Louis Anderson in a hooded fucking sweatshirt. <laughs> 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 we trusted you. I'm Louis Anderson. <laughs> Everything like, God damn it, man. Man, that had to be like the worst thing to come back to. <laughs> like as well. Like... Not great. It's not good, man. <laughs> There's some bad shit to come back to you with that. Man, good story. Good to know. Because I was about to go get some LA fucking superpower. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But there we go. So, is that all you got, Derek? I think so. Oh, that is not all I've got. I'm glad I thought. Uh, I actually got in some uh, some sick ass shapeless shoulder pads. Just uh, some nice pop goes the monkey. If y'all get if y'all have the opportunity, I can't recommend those enough. Those things are fucking sick, and uh, probably gonna be ordering some more. Yep, that's where all my uh, black shields pads came from. They look awesome. Yeah, I just got to figure out what I'm going to do for uh, squad markings. 
uh, once I get that figured out, then I'll probably be ordering some more shoulder pads. Does book seven have any like squad markings for space wolves? A little bit, not a whole lot, just because uh, they they do a lot more personalized than the like actual like codex markings. But I know Forge World has the uh, their space wolves transfer sheets that has the like traditional squad markings done, but with like Celtic knots. Okay. So I was thinking about getting the uh, you know like the tactical shoulder pads with like the arrow, and then putting that transfer over it, so I could still have some cool like angular designs in the background with that on top. That'd be real cool. Should do that. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's all I've got. Game on. Scott, tell us about your week, buddy. Yeah, man. I've had a pretty good week. So just today, actually earlier, I sent you guys some pictures on our like inter-podcast chat of a game I played with a buddy of mine. Um, he was playing Ultramarines. I was playing Iron Warriors. And we were playing, what was the game? Uh, War of Lies. It's one where you like randomize the objectives and how much they're they're worth at the end of the game, and it can be bad or good or whatever. Um, had a pretty sweet game with him. I tested out that three thousand point list you guys went over last week. Uh, went really good. Um, I think he ended up edging me out by like two points because I kind of misused my prime mark and he got warlord on me. You know, heresy games if they're close, they're pretty low scoring, so warlord and stuff like that really matters and. Uh, he pulled it out, so congrats to him. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, as far as any hobby progress goes, I haven't painted anything really lately. I have an idea of what I want to paint next. Um, Ryan, you've seen it. My my display board for my Solar Ox, like I painted up a Sector Imperialis tile in a, like a generic, you know, 40k building from a from a train kit. I w- I'm thinking about doing like an entire table. Like that, where I paint, you know, all the tiles to resemble that, and then buy a bunch of that Shadow Wars Armageddon terrain stuff with the mm-hmm. gantries, and you know, mix in some uh, some standard like you know, forty k esque buildings, and do. I'm telling you that mantic that mantic uh, industrial sector stuff works looks really good with that Armageddon stuff. That's what I'm doing mine out of for the Sweet. the four by four Zone Mortalis. Uh, necromunda slash dark age table i'm building nice nice yeah right on so i think that's what i'm gonna do next that's like a <clears throat> logistically to paint an entire table like that it's gonna be a lot because that one tile that i painted was you know that took me a good you know six seven hours so it's i mean it's only six tiles so i already got one done so it's in in the grand scale of all hobby things it probably shouldn't take that long but it's a you know it's expensive i only have one tile so i'm gonna have to buy a whole set to have you know the other five to complement and i can just sell whatever tile i don't like secondhand on uh you know various faces. if you want to get rid of one of the t's i want one of the t's but that's okay. up to you they're cool. the more desirable of the two so you'll probably want to keep it but yeah i'm not i'm not super worried about it. as long as it looks good uh, and this is all kind of a pipe dream right now so it's an idea definitely in its infancy um also, do they still are are the Shadow War boxes still available? Can you no. still like pick up? No, you have to buy the terrain uh, separate pieces. Okay. You can still get all the terrain, but it was definitely a better deal to buy the box set because what yep. I did, I bought three of the box set and then sold everything out of them except for the terrain, and then um, 
since then I've bought and bought bought and I've bought and uh, <laughs> I bought one of the bigger train kits, the $75 ones. And then at the event the other day uh, that I'll talk about later, um, I won a gift card um, and uh, I used that gift card to some of it to go towards another box of that same stuff. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'll hound down some of that terrain, whatever, no big deal. I, I probably don't need all of I'm going to use a lot of the 40K buildings and, you know, they manufacture them, whatever they're called, and then have those gantries running from, like, balcony to balcony. It's kind of what I'm thinking. So, see how it turns out. Um, I really just want to pick up whatever I will integrate into those Sector Imperialis tiles best. Like, there's, on those actual tiles, there's cutouts. You know the corners of buildings can sock it into well so whatever you know whatever fits the bill i guess um and what else that's about it for me man you guys asked a very important question last podcast that needs to be answered answer. by scott yeah, fucking god world finally gets the answer they've been great what legion best represents me and I just want you guys to know you're bad friends because you didn't know what Legion best represents. You should know this. The third Legion, baby. Emperor's Children. Look out. First <laughs> off, and you know, I sat down and I thought deeply, introspectively into myself. And I was very honest and frank. And I wrote out point by point why I could justify this answer. <laughs> answer number one, handsome as fuck. <laughs> for our, road. our Patreon supporters, they already know this, so it comes as no surprise. But for the rest of you, don't be don't be fooled. Look me up on Facebook. It's the thing. <laughs> Scott Switzer. Type that in. Brace Switzer. yourself. Switzer. Fucking Try Trust to control me, your orgasms as best you can. But uh make sure your wife's not in the room. Or else yeah. you better get a towel. <laughs> I can't get it. Yeah, I was about to say I don't need. You don't want her leaving snail trails all over the house, but you know whatever. Um, the only two. reason other men get pussy is because they've not met because the women haven't <laughs> met Scott yet. Do what I can to save stuff for the rest of you, but no problems. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, number two, I'm a beautiful singer. Okay, some have compared me to the white male version of Mariah Carey many times, and you know. I think that that equates to the Third Legion pretty well. Uh, Beckwell Kinsker, you know, famous composer of, of the 31st Millennium. And uh, point three, I look fantastic in purple, gold, and white, right? Like Prince, but better. So, <laughs> and also maybe has some self-loathing and narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies. But, you know, don't worry about that. <laughs> so, I, they're not a table, they're not a Legion. I, uh, it, willfully associated with but hey like i said just being honest with myself so there you go very good i like how you're also wearing purple today like they're just like was that <laughs> planned go, or right? is that just I think it's, it's dark blue because it's a it's a uh right yeah kentucky shirt but oh. yeah probably your internet acting up again way to go <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no that's about it man i had that sweet game with my buddy nick today it was a lot of fun um one thing that I forgot to bring up, he took, uh, what are they called, splinter shells on his Land Raider Achilles. And they're, uh, I, I just thought of this kind of like offhand. It was sort of funny. 
But uh, that's actually not a bad upgrade. Like, I think they kind of get overlooked with Shatter Shells and Fossex being so strong. But they're the they're the quad mortar shells that Ren. So, you know, a barrage weapon ignores a lot of intervening terrain, you know, just by its nature. And then if you can amass a lot of hits, like on a quad mortar battery, and throw out some, a bunch of dice, and get a bunch of sixes, you know, that's not it's not super shitty. So I don't know. I'd never seen anybody else take them, and I thought it was pretty creative. So I'm probably going to try to give it a whirl myself as a frequent connoisseur of the quad mortar flavor. So I think it's the... The problem that the reason people don't take them is if you're going that route, everybody just takes phosphex instead. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't want to take the seat, pay the siege breaker tax, or you just you know like your friends cheaper. and don't cheaper. be a dick, uh, just take this the splinter rounds, <laughs> like you said, and they do kind of the same. They're yeah. like a, a very watered down, um, friend keeping imbalance uh-huh. version of that. I don't like any of you motherfuckers, so I'm going to keep taking Phosphex. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> no, that's, it. that's all I got, man. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. And a good uh, a good little you know tip for for a different kind of sh- round there. Real, so quick, real quick before we get to Michael, I forgot about mine. The other thing that's really... I'm trying really hard not to be distracted about, but while I'm trying to do all this hobby progress, they're in talks of doing a Willow TV show. Oh man! Oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is in the talks? Like, what is who? Ron Howard. Oh, Ron Howard! I got shit to do now that they iced him and fucking <laughs> Star Wars. Like, <laughs> hey, have they have they brought the Ice Man in on this talks? I don't, know. I don't know, but they're, they're, he's uh, hoping to get with somebody and do a uh, Willow TV show. I'm Is guessing like, they don't bring fucking postmenopause Mad Mordekin on Valkyrie <laughs> now. But I sent to our uh, our little chat group, just us, the the this podcast chat group. You can yeah, find it know. if you scroll up; it's up there. I sent you guys a link. My wife found it and sent it to me. Is it going to be like a Netflix original series, or who's making it? Is it ABC? <laughs> CD, I CW? I sent you guys the link. You're asking me all these questions. I sent it to you. If you looked at what I sent you as a friend, instead of just ignoring it, <laughs> you could fucking chime in on this conversation right now, as opposed to just asking me a bunch of fucking questions, well, because you didn't read it. Did you read it? Because I feel like, like you'd be able like to answer the, these questions if you read like it. The, did not, not read lol like the fucking <laughs> all the beats. ron howard is all of us hopes for a willow tv show go yeah i'm looking at it right now there's a lot of i don't know image of lucasfilm and disney oh yeah i guess disney owns it now did they get that? Did they? Did did George Lucas throw that into in with the Star Wars franchise? They bought Lucas Film Studios, so it's a oh, Lucas yeah. Arts movie. Okay, I thought they just bought Star Wars. I didn't know they bought the whole Lucas Films. Okay, I don't know. Disney Disney can make it work. They got that Disney money. I don't. I didn't know there was such a such a popularity for Willow. Like I didn't know it was that popular. To there was. A, I didn't know there was a demand. Who's responsible for that? I wonder. Based on the Dan Brown novel of the same name and starring Tom Hanks and Phyllis Jones. What? Oh, no. Never mind. They were discussing Inferno. 
All right. We'll look more into it, fellas. We'll get... Anyway, what's your hobby progress? Oh, my hobby progress. Uh, so I ruined a knight. That was kind of shitty. So he's got to be dipped and stripped. Uh, if you remember last week, I was talking about like kind of... Well, for starters, so I haven't been home for a week. So I, I was in New Mexico. And by the way, I just found out that there's a comic book shop in New Mexico. I have no fucking clue why I didn't... Like in Farmington, New Mexico. Like I have no idea why I didn't look that up. It's called like Atomic Comics or something like that. And like I had so much free time, I would just go back to my hotel room and just like be sad because I'm not home and you know just not doing shit. And I found out there's a comic book shop. So this coming up week, I'm going back because I fly back out tomorrow morning. I will go back to that comic book store. I'm going to that comic book store to go see what they got going on. So, uh, if you are in Farmington, New Mexico, if we just so happen to have a Farmington, New Mexico listener, I'm coming to your comic book store, but I doubt we do. So, I guess see what's going on over there. Uh, but, so the days I have been home, and I have been able to hobby progress. Actually, so, while I was in New Mexico, one thing that I get, did get to do is we've been getting a lot of emails and a lot of messages for people wanting to be camp counselors for Camp Heresy, which is over a year away. Uh, so basically just trying to... I don't, I've been hearing a lot of ideas, and there's like a lot, and I'll read some of them out during the voicemails and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool that that's running and that's moving along. Uh, one of the... Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll put that aside for right now until we start reading out voicemails because... Uh, this whole camp heresy thing, there's a lot of stuff that we need to get through. And I'm thinking we need to like, cause I created a group this weekend just to see how many people were interested in going so I can throw a poll together and see how many people were actually going to be able to go. So we can know if we could hit that magic number of 115. That's what we have to like, not including the 20 camp counselors we're going to have. So we need to hit 115 people that will be attending, not running events. We're going to have, 20 people running events and so that those individuals haven't been filled yet we're getting close but it, it, we don't have all of the counselors done so if you are one of those people that wants to run events or do something like that definitely hit us up and send us an email i think we have a core group of guys that is definitely going to be running events or definitely going to be something like that and people who haven't even contacted me yet that we've already like fitted into the position because i feel like they would be contacting me soon enough so uh, if you want to run an event or you can think of an event, then definitely hit us up now because once that core group of guys gets created, we're going to start building a, uh, I don't know how to put it, like a, like a, sh- a schedule around it uh, as early as we can so we can get as much you know out of the way and we can see exactly what we need. So uh, that's pretty much all, all week it's been kind of just like trickling in and falling in. The more and more we talk about camp heresy, uh, it, it's starting to, it's starting to become more and more real. So, but upon coming home, I decided to do some of my own hobby progress. And, uh, I came home to find my, my knight sitting there beautifully primed with his posable legs, freshly sanded down and getting all, got all the, uh, uh, I got all those mold slips out of it. And so I was ready to paint, and I had already practiced this whole typhus corrosion. It was it was basically steel, typhus corrosion, rise of rust, and then the oxidation. And then you take a Necron compound, and you kind of dry brush it on there a little bit to like make it look like really old metal. 
well, I did that on a very like small leg portion. I had a side leg portion of the night, and it looked good. But once I covered the whole night in it, it totally looked like fucking balls. Looked like total shit. Mm-hmm. And I tried to save it. Came back with like dry brush, rise of rust, and then hit it with the oxidation. And then tried to come back with Necron compound, and it just looks like total fucking dog shit. So, yeah, it looks pretty horrible. So, I'm going to. How weathered are you wanting it to look? Like really weathered? Well, okay. So I have. I'm just asking. Just asking. Have you seen lionesses from? Um. God damn it! The Varangian Heresy. No. No, he's not the other Swedish uh, the, podcast. Uh, oh my gosh! This is embarrassing. Dude, don't lose your head. No. Nope. The other uh, Swedish podcast. Fuck, man. Oh, hang on. I got it right here. What are those crazy Swedish Vikings doing up there? (laughs) Podcasting. Hang on. Are we have to cut this so they're not mad at us? Northern Heresy. Northern Heresy. Heresy. Jesus Christ. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Northern Heresy podcast. No, I haven't seen his weathering. He's got a whole night house of like very, very, very darkly painted weathered nights. I think they're like a dark green with a lot of weathering and a lot of copper weathering on them. They look pretty cool. I really like his army. Um, So you might ask him for some pictures and see... If you like his, and then you can maybe ask him how he does his. So so I will definitely do that. Uh, but what I was going to do was I have my original Knights paint scheme for the metal down. Like, basically, it's it came from that Dr. Fawcett's on YouTube. And it's basically just steel, AK Interactive. Well, it's, it's a Vallejo Steel followed up with the... Um, the floor shine, the pledge floor shine to seal it all off. Then you go back over the AK Interactive, uh, AK Interactive rust and streaking grime. You mix that together in an airbrush. You airbrush it over the whole thing. You let it dry for like, I don't know, three or four minutes until it's kind of hard. Then you take an old T-shirt or an old pair of drawers and uh, <laughs> wipe it down. And it makes it look really good. I had a, a, a Hawk Shroud Nighthouse that I painted like that, and they came out real good. And so I'm probably just going to end up painting in that silver, that same silver method. And then what I'll end up doing is I'll end up painting them orange, painting their panels orange, and then hitting them up with that rust, and they'll look real worn out. I'm, I'm probably just going to go that route. I was going to try something new. But now I'm going from back from new back to safe because I don't know. I thought they'd look really cool all fucked up and weathered, but now I'm going to make them look a little bit cleaner than what I wanted. So, But I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that that uh, L.A. Power or whatever Scout was trying to, L.A. Bundus uh, will. L.A. Totally awesome, man. That's it. <laughs> L.A. Bundus. Yeah. <laughs> L.A. Totally awesome from Dollar Store. Will strip off that typhus corrosion. Have you ever used that on typhus corrosion, Scott? Or is that kind of no, not specifically that paint, but I know it is. It's essentially a non-caustic cleaning chemical, like something similar to uh, 409 that you would use on a, uh, you know, random surfaces around the house. Uh, Do you not like simple? You know, it won't eat your skin or anything like that, and it won't melt your models for no matter how long you leave them in there. So I'd give it a shot. I'd let them soak for maybe two days and then give it a good scrub. It should take it down to the primer, I would imagine. So. I only fucked up one night, so, I mean, it shouldn't be go. too bad. Good. Way to go. He's all, he's stepping on a, a jet bike. And like, 
It's pretty cool. Those poses He's posed cool. I cool. Yeah. Those legs are the shit, man. The only problem is with those legs, uh, these are the posable legs that Comrade Quiche made up and then uh, Dark Soul or something like that. Some some other guy out of Russia started casting for Comrade Quiche. Comrade Quiche actually sold the plans to him. Um, they are fucking cool as shit because you can pose them however you want. They're like Each toe is individually posed. But if you've ever put together like a Warhound Titan, you know how just a pain in the ass putting toes together is. Or any sort of Titan, just putting toes together and like getting the toes in the right spot. Uh, you pretty much have to have your base ready to go before you can start putting stuff down, you know? And so that's uh, that's some of the problems I was running into. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just put a uh, uh, a, jet, a jet bike here that he's stepping on so I can, like, show off how cool the, t- the toes look wrapping around this thing. But everything else, I think I'm going to have to go online and find somebody who sells, like, pre-molded night bases and just go ahead and buy some pre-molded night bases. I'll probably do that tonight. Just buy some pre-molded night bases with some rubble. Secret... Secret Weapon makes a bunch of them, and then um, I Elder believe... Elder Hobbies makes some. They're Who? pretty good. I think Dragon Forge does, too. So, Secret Weapon Miniatures and Eldritch Hobbies, is that what you said? Elrics. It's spelled E-L-R-I-K-S. Hobbies. Yeah, they make a, they make really nice bases as well. Yeah. Secret Weapons would probably be the most expensive, but probably the nicest ones, I would imagine. But... Mm-hmm. I need like seven of them. I might do that. They're twenty. They're twenty dollars a piece retail. Well, that's not bad. And then um, I don't know what Dragonforge sells them for. If you wanted to look there, I like Secret Weapon because they're quick. But the way my life's been going, it doesn't matter how fucking fast I get something shipped. If you just order a few <laughs> things from Drag, it depends on how big your order is from Dragonforge. I've discovered that because I ordered like 13 bases for a Dark Age army and got them in like a couple weeks. But then I just recently placed an order for like 70 some bases for my militia army plus another 40 some bases for. I ordered literally like 160 resin bases. And I've just never heard from the guy again. So he probably just took my money and moved to Mexico. <laughs> he goes, perfect, the exact amount to move to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I can start my new life now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, I've been I've been doing that. And uh, just, man, dude. For, for start, I just want to say, like, touching back and circling back on that on Camp Heresy, man. Like, people have been coming out of the woodworks with some of, like, the coolest ideas and like i every day i hear something new about it like people wanting to volunteer or do something like uh i've been approached about a resin casting class uh that somebody wants to lead on their own and then you know just there's just so much cool stuff that's like just coming out of it like if you think of like something cool that you want to run at camp heresy and you know you're going to be there like i said definitely hit us up early earlier sooner than later because once those 20 camp counselor spots fill up, and then it's going to be a little bit more difficult to... We're just trying to get a core 20 people to to, to run this thing. So, but yeah, I just want to circle back on that. So, I don't know. <clears throat> Have you heard anything, Ryan? Has anybody contacted... Or actually, any of you guys, has anybody talked to you about Camp Heresy or... Just my local guys wanting to go. That's fucking dope. 
like I created everybody listening. I created a Facebook group, and if you're listening and don't have a friend who told you to go to this Facebook group, we're trying to ramp that Facebook group up so we can run polls, so we can know exactly how many people are going to be there, and make sure that we have the number going. And I think we actually just broke that 115 threshold. So, uh, but I, I do want to make sure that we do have as many people on there as we can, so that there is, you know, if some people can't go that are in the group, you know, they won't the the numbers won't look skewed. Like it'll be actually these are the people interested in wanting to go. So, and then that way we can throw ideas and stuff out there as far as what people think would cool or be stupid. So, but anyway, but yeah, that's all I have for hobby progress and like admin progress, fucking shit like that. So you want to hit up some voicemails or what? Oh yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, so this week's a little bit different. So we don't have. I think I have one actual voicemail, but we do have uh, the Emperor's Path podcast sent us some industrial accident stories. Um, I do want to read off some of these emails. So first things first, let me go ahead and bump open this bad boy right here. Let me just go ahead and play the voicemail first. How about that? Because it's an actual voicemail. Hey guys, it's Ben from North Carolina. The better North Carolina person, not Pedro. We don't like Pedro. It's okay, Pedro. We still love you though. <laughs> hey, uh, I've been listening to your uh, podcast for a while now, and I usually try to, you know, I'm listening, pull up Facebook, go to the pages you guys are talking about, go Google search and try and find the stuff. But sometimes it's um, after effect of shit. What the hell is that place called? Wild, Wilder, Wilder Nitrous? I have no idea. And I'm so far behind on my podcast and not to mention work alone. I don't have time to go back and listen to them as much as I used to when I was first started finding you guys. If you could some way find, um, just pretty much write down the websites or something like that and put them on your page. Like, Hey, this is from podcast too. You know, like, this is the websites we were talking about right here or a quick overview of the company names. Don't need a podcast name. We just need a name to look it up ourselves at least. That way us who don't get a chance to, do all the cool shit you guys do. Be like, fuck, well, I could do that. And now we could do the cool shit you do. Yes, have fun. Bye. Okay. Yeah. So that seems easy enough to do. So he's actually asking about that Wilder, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm taking a photo of it right now and sending it to you so you can post all the relevant. Re- the relevant. Is that like an elephant? A relevant? Yeah, a relevant. All the relevant information, the relabundance information. I cannot fucking talk today. I sound like my my cousin Jessica, when she was a little kid, would say elephant up instead of elephant, and that's what that reminded me of. Just so you know. Wow, that's way wrong. (laughs) 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 I still torture her. She's like, uh, let's see, I'm 35. So she's in her late 20s, and I still torture her about that, just so you know. That's how good of a cousin I am. Remember when you used to say elfin up? <laughs> like every time I say yeah, it. you won't stop reminding me. It's like, hey, guess what? Just got my doctorate. Yeah, everybody remember when you used to say elfin up? You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they just let anybody hey, get a doctorate. <laughs> hey, and don't think I forgot. We're still calling you pee hole Derek. So why we're talking about Oh, I didn't think you forgot. Yeah. I know you didn't forget. 
Um, so there you go, Michael. If you look at the bottom of that picture I just sent to our little group, it should have their Facebook, their YouTube, uh, and all that other stuff at the bottom. We will post that up for you immediately upon closing out this podcast. <clears throat> yeah, we'll start doing like but the name of stuff. the company is Wilder, just like W-I-L-D-E-R, Wilder. And then the, the product line is called Nitro Line, N-I-T-R-O Line. So if you type in Wilder, Nitro line and just Google it'll, their website will come up. Boom. So, and if you order from them, you get one of these little fancy pamphlets with a fucking, what is that? It looks like a Sherman on there. Yeah. If you Google that, you'll also probably get a few like sick ass bands. That's pretty, that's pretty good band name. Wilder Nitro line. Yeah. There you go. Google images that. All right. So, First email, I'm just going to go ahead and read off one of the ones we got in. Uh, this came from Jordan. He says, hey, brothers. So listening to the newest episode and wanted to throw out a few things. Uh, podcast feud. I'd love to help with the questions as well as toss my hat in the host. Can send a video if you need me to. Michael, I'm just going to do it in just the apron if you like. Uh, so this is for ideas for Heresy Camp. Uh, Rumble of Terra. I wanted to run a small game. Think like Necromunda or Mordheim with veteran marines. A Oath of Moment painting contest. A painting contest for all things heresy. I can help organize as well judge. I'm no world-class painter, but I did judge several first-round golden demons and more best painted at grand tourneys than I can remember. Just a few random ideas from the middle of the night. Thanks, Jordan. Okay, so that is Jordan, one of our patron supporters. Uh, have you ever done a uh, painting contest day of, Ryan? Like, have you ever been a part of that? I, I know. What, like, here's a model, start painting it, and then when you're done, who's the best one? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I paint so fucking slow, I would never enter anything like that. It would, like, if you're just asking me to have a nervous breakdown, sure, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, what's funny, here's a funny story for you guys. So when Zach first opened his uh, comic book store, Crossroads Comics and Cards in Victoria, Texas, uh, he had a Horus Heresy. Like we we uh, we donated a bunch of Mark III Marines before the Calf Box came out, or yeah, yeah, before the Calf Box, before Prospero came out. So it was like these were like legit resin fucking Marines that we donated. We uh, donated them for a Pobo, is what we called it. It's called the Paint Off Beat Off. And what you did was you buy five marines and those marines would get used in like a zone mortalis kind of off branch it was a pretty fun thing uh so we had this speed painting competition where like we laid out a shit like all of joshua de la rosa's paints were just like laid out on this fucking table just like insane amount of paints josh has every color imaginable from every level <laughs> of like he he raided the that house we talked about a long time ago the treasure house so he got all those paints from the treasure house so anyway, uh, so we had this paint off beat off, and one of the uh, players that was like in this like paint off beat off comes up, full blown fucking airbrush and compressor, like plugs it into the wall, <laughs> and <it> just <laughs> just like going to town. We're like, fuck! Like, <laughs> and so he painted some imperial fists, like like a fucking champ. Like if you you know if you're going speed painting, you want like dark colors and you know things that don't require a lot of blending. Nope. Full imperial fist, ready to fucking go. <laughs> like, God damn. Yeah. That's so. good. I so. got an idea. So this isn't my idea, but one of the uh, Buddha Town things at Adepticon one year, they ran an event that 
it's it's kind of a paint. So it's a painting contest. You have to bring a single painted, like a uh, sergeant type model or character type, almost like a centurion or something like that. Yeah. Like we would probably just do like base centurions. You can model it however you want, and you you have to paint it, and you try to paint it as good as you can, because it's a painting contest. The thing is, to enter into the painting contest, you have to give them like whatever, like ten bucks, and you have to participate in an event. And the event is everybody takes their centurion, and you all play, and you just fight to the death to the last one standing. And all the models who all the models that die get put in an actual meat grinder and ground up. I love it. So you have to you have to paint a really nice model to win a painting competition. But let's say that there's 20 entrants. You have only one of the 20 guys is going to be able to keep his model, and the other 19 get ground up. So you you have to like <laughs> paint a model really. You have to paint a model really nice to win a painting competition. But you run the risk. You run a very extremely high risk of that motherfucker getting ground up. Now, That's... even if it gets ground up, you can still win. So the way that it works is, the winner of the little competition of you know who's the last one standing gets a prize. But the bigger prize goes to the best painted one, whether or not it's ground up or not. Before it was ground up, obviously. Jesus. I just imagine like like first turn, like like it's like okay, you go first. Like some blood angel with an inferno pistol is like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it just like shoots like Andy Wardle's fucking. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kieran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what so this is the classic. So what they did, they took clippers and they clipped the head off the model. So they clipped the head off first and then dropped the body into a fucking meat grinder and grind it up and there's fucking plastic pieces of shit sticking out. So then at the end they took the guy who won, they had made a display base. And put the model that won. They glued. They put it. Were had it slotted into this really cool looking display base. And they took all the heads of the models that died and glued them around the edge of the display base. And then you get to keep your model on the display base with the heads of all the other nicely painted models that got ground up. <laughs> it's nice. Like, that some... is the most metal fucking thing I've ever heard. Can <laughs> 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 I just imagine? Like, what is that? Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the guy, the guy who. Um, won the painting competition was one of the guys that got his model ground up. He was really sad that his model got ground up. It was pretty funny. His name's Nathan. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, I won a painting but, contest. Uh, he, I'd, I'd show you the model, but uh, yeah. Things it got happen. ground up. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> got- he won like a... I think it was that Star Wars game from Fantasy Flight with all the miniatures, like the Star Wars miniature game, whatever that fucking thing's called. Yeah. You know what I'm talking X-wing, about? Yeah, the Star or, Wars miniature game. Are you, Not X-Wing. Uh, Imperial Assault? Yeah, the, that. Yeah, yeah. he go. won that, but it was uh, somebody had one before it was actually released. They had got it, like from they won it in some contest where it was out like several months before it was out. So he got like a you know a hundred dollar board game that hadn't been released yet for having a single you know character model ground up. So he was pretty happy with his prize, but he was still sad his model got ground up. <laughs> Bring a pro paint its interior. Cool, I have this. Uh... One of a kind. Like I have this uh, event only miniature <laughs> from Ford Roll. Yeah. <laughs> so it would just could... suck to be like the first person to go. Like it would like yeah. to get that lucky plasma pistol shot, like, oh <laughs> Yeah. Toast. So so I'm not that's definitely not my idea. That was somebody else's idea, but it's something we could recreate that was fun. I will put that in the list of things that would be fun. 
if you guys want to see this happen, like, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Go to the Facebook group and make sure you put it in there that you want to see that happen. Well, I think everybody wants to see it. I don't know how many people want to like participate though. I'd be game. Like I, like what we we'll figure it out. We have to like make the best painted prize like something really fucking dope. Like yeah, like a I don't know like an, a Volvo. <laughs> a Volvo. <laughs> a gun. Give someone just a gun. <laughs> this Beretta M nine A one. Like just what the fuck? <laughs> we'll give it to you after. I'll let me California. Uh, like well, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So next email comes from Matt Abundus. He says, "Hey y'all, I'd like to say thank you for keeping me entertained during my commutes. I have a few industrial accident stories I'd like to share with you. So I work on the ports outside Philly. Being an operations manager, I see a lot of shenanigans, as you can imagine. So I have two stories for now. The first one is when we were downloading a lumber ship filled with enormous sheets of plywood that had come out of Brazil. When the wood is stacked inside the ship, it is usually positioned in such a way that it's easy to get slings around, underneath, over, and under. Any way to get it out of the ship. Additionally, the lumber is usually banded. Think metal or strong plastic banding to keep the stack together. However, as you can only imagine, neither of these things were true. So the men were struggling trying to make stacks of plywood and getting it somewhat under control to be safely taken out of the ship. About three quarters through the ship, <laughs> through the ship, a stack of plywood is being pulled out by one of our mobile harbor cranes and as it was lowering it as it was lowering it to the pier, the load shifted and the plywood started to fall out. When I say fall out, imagine a deck of cards slowly being tilted sideways and the cards landing in the same spot. So as these pieces of plywood began to slide out from each other, people start scattering except one individual who somehow missed all the warning signs. He also happened to be the exact spot that the plywood started to hit the ground. Needless to say, he looked like he had been put through a deli meat slicer after all the ply- pieces of plywood had hit the ground. We definitely had a safety briefing after that. Holy fucking shit. No, 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 no. Jesus. I hope it started at the head and went down and not the other way. <laughs> just leg up <laughs> oh. oh no crying face yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the meme I'm gonna make the second industrial accident story I have is along the same lines at our port we also download steel slabs Jesus Christ they're like oh fuck like I don't know why plywood doing the exact same thing doesn't sound as bad as steel slabs but shit like oh steel slabs that came out of Russia that weigh between 18 to 22 tons apiece and measure about five foot by 20 foot long the mobile harbor cranes can pull two of the slabs out at a time and bring them out to the ship to the deck the pier in about 60 to 90 seconds. The steel slabs are secured to the crane by two load-tested chains, and we usually replace these chains about halfway through the ship just to be safe. On this day, though, as we are pulling the slabs out of the ship and the crane had begun to lower the load, both chains snapped in unison. And yet again, some guy was standing beneath the load. Both slabs landed perfectly on him. When we were finally able to lift the slabs off it, 
it was safe to say it looked like what a squirrel looks like after being run over about a hundred times. He was literally ingrained into the cement. We also had a safety briefing after that incident, and the cement square where it happened got cut out and replaced. I have a few others, but I won't blow it all in one email. Holy shit, dude. Like, Fuck. Could you imagine if they didn't take the concrete? Like, if they didn't cut that, they had to cut that concrete out because, like, you'd look at that spot. It's like, look, that's where, that's Joe's, that's Joe. There's a wily e. Coyote imprint there. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> How do you stand under giant. 22 ton fucking steel slabs like how do you just like looking under like oh come on i don't know man i wouldn't that Some is... people just don't care you just get like i guess when you work on a it's just like anything else i guess when you work in a place like that where you're around danger shit all the time and you you work there 12 13 whatever years you just quit thinking about well i'm under this or this is moving or yeah i probably shouldn't stand here but who gives a fuck that type of thing you just get lackadaisical about it it's just like when you work, because I worked around trains a lot, you know, the train couplers, obviously you don't want to be coupled between cars when you cut cars or walk between cars. So they tell you all the time to never cut between cars. Always go to the end of the row and walk around the, the you know, the row. Um, or at a minimum, make sure if they are separated and you do walk between, you're in 100% radio communication, you know, with anything that could happen and brakes are set where you go in between. But even that, like that was fucking creepy. Like I, I never got used to that. Like I didn't want to cut across, you know, in between, I would always go, at least if I did it, I would go up the ladder and then over and across above the knuckle where I'm not, you know, couldn't be pinched and then down the other side. But I would also do it. You know, I would make sure that, you know, all the brakes were set and all that before I even did any of that. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. Just, when you say pinched, it's not like a little nice pinch. Like it's, no, it's a crush. It's no, a, 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 I don't know if you've seen a, seen a train coupler up close, but it's the size of my torso. It's like a big, you can't lift one. Like that weigh. I don't know what a coupler weighs, but it's, you know, several hundred pounds. Just one big metal. They call them a knuckle. They look like your hand. If you make this shape with your hand, like you make a fist, but don't close it all the way. And then like the fingers are open and they go, and you have two like this. And when they hit, they latch together. So it's like, if you gripped your hand, like, like almost like a Greco-Roman grip. That's how they go together. So imagine like a body being pinched in between two of those, and they hit you right between like the lower part of your pelvic bone and the bottom of your ribs. That's where you'd be coupled. And so they just like that's like one of those like final destination things. So they like call your family. It's like we can't uncouple yeah, it. That's he pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. Say your final goodbyes to him. Ugh, it's fucking crazy. He also says, also, I'm totally in for heresy camp. Dude on dude action is always the best. You can find me on Facebook as David Bundis. As when I was in the army, Al-Qaeda found my Facebook and started to harass my family and me. So I had to pretty much fall off social media. Strange shit happens to us military folk. (laughs) Holy shit. Al-Qaeda found him. That's fucking bonkers. Names have been changed in the story. His yeah. name's not really David Bundis. <laughs> no. Thanks, guys, and hope to see you guys at Nova. Let me make let me know if there's any issues about PDFs, and we'll figure out another method to send the list through. So he did send a list through that we'll go over uh, later. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that was that. He also said, uh, P.S. Ryan, I played your word bearers last week that you sold to David Robinson. I am not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ryan just shipping out the cheese. Just kidding. It was just Spartan. It's a Spartan and a Storm Eagle, I think. All right. So this comes from Sam over at the Emperor's Path. He says, morning, guys. A couple of industrial accident stories for you. Keep up the good work. I love the mix of heresy and batshit crazy stories on the podcast. Don't ever change. We won't. Also, when I first started listening, there was a lot of talk about entrances music, and someone was asking for the most British entrance music you could find. Well, look no further. Just search for the Archer's theme tune. It's a BBC Radio 4 soap drama. That's right. Old school radio stories. It's utter crap, but I think the theme tune captures that very British feel. Thanks again. So, for starters, this is the theme tune. <laughs> Who are we saying would come out to this? That's British as fuck. I don't yeah. remember who we said would come out to that. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's the most British thing I've ever heard in my life. So, let's go ahead and see what he has as far as industrial accident stories. Hi there, guys. Sam here from Portsmouth, UK. Uh, wanting to provide you with some industrial accident stories. Uh, gonna go for electricity-based ones, because that's where I work. Jesus. Uh, so, I work for a company that deals with power cuts in the south of England. Uh, and quite often, we get, uh, like, tractors, combine harvesters, and things like that taking down uh, power cables as they're going through fields. Uh, we had one guy phone up and say that he was stuck in the cab of his combine harvester and uh, basically needed someone to go out and try and rescue him. Uh, the guys basically on the phone said, look, stay in there, we'll get there as soon as you can, whatever you do, do not get out. Uh, and basically, our guys were walking towards the combine harvester in the middle of the field, and as they were approaching, the guy decided to get out of the combine, and as he reached the floor, there was an almighty bang, and uh, the guy flew about 50 feet in the air and uh, sadly lost his life. Uh, but yeah, listen to people who know their shit about electricity. <laughs> Holy shit, like a fucking giant killed you in Skyrim. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird that electricity of that high voltage will literally blow you apart or blow body apart. It doesn't like burn you or just electrocute you. Like people think it literally. Like where it, if it goes in like your arm and goes down the side of your body and goes out your foot, it will literally like blow your leg apart from the knee down. Just disintegrates, blows it apart oh, with God. super high voltage. We have a safety guy, a local like guy that goes around and gives safety talks. That uh, he worked for the phone company. He didn't even work for the power company. He was working on telephone lines, which has nothing to do with electricity, so you don't have to be like all the safety shit with all you know whatever. The problem was about three miles up the road around the corner where he couldn't see some lineman who works on power lines was working on a live power line and accidentally dropped it and it fell down on the telephone cables and shot down the telephone cable three miles to where this guy was and grounded out through him and the the scissor truck that he was on. And because he was holding on to the telephone wire like this, it went in one arm across his chest and out the other arm and somehow didn't kill his, you know, mess his heart up, but it basically melded his arms off at the elbows. He has no arms from like two inches below the elbow. So he's just, he has two hooks 
and his safety program is called Hooked on Safety. And he has a (laughs) (laughs) a surprisingly good sense of humor about having his arms melted off. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) God bless him. That's... Yeah. And he, it's pretty funny because he does these demonstrations. He'll, uh, so he's got two hooks and he'll call you up and go, uh, Hey, uh, we need to pick somebody from the crowd. That's about to have an accident. So he'll fucking, uh, he'll, he'll get you out of the crowd and he'll put like a fucking hundred dollars in your pocket and he'll say, he'll go, okay. So if you get, if all you gotta do is get this hundred dollars out of your pocket and you can keep it, but you're about to have an accident. So he'll fucking take your hands and make you go like this and then fucking duct tape your fucking hands up where you can't move them. And you're like, no, he's like, no, you're just like me. This is how I feel every day. He's like, go ahead and get that money out and I'll let you keep it. And of course you got fucking like (laughs) all taped up fucking hands where you can't get the money out. And uh, nobody's, he's like, nobody's ever been able to do it. And he'll fucking like tie tie somebody's fucking leg up and like, here, let's go, you know, do this like simple fucking thing that you could have normally done before you had this accident to oh. like really drive the point home it's, it's pretty funny i'm not like dude it's... for a hundred bucks i'd drop crowd dude <laughs> like, <laughs> pull them <laughs> pants down real quick hands and knees get that hundred dollars out of my teeth <laughs> but yeah that dude is pretty cool his program's called hooked on safety <laughs> got two hook hands i'm so glad people like that exist that's that's beautiful like but how does how does he like teach you how to avoid the fucking getting electrocuted three miles down the line like how does that even... what, well that's the thing is it's like he was talking about more about that what that other guy should have done not him like he was doing everything right it wasn't anything that he had done wrong him and that other guy probably aren't homies I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> then he said what was crazy is he got a lawyer and he thought he was at least going to get paid out of the ordeal because he's thinking fuck i got both my arms cooked off and you you always hear all these stories about you'll get some shyster lawyer and get paid fucking all this money. He's like, nope. He's like, just so you know, they have a book that's like a set amount that's like, oh, you've lost this much of your arm. Well, that's worth this much money. That's all you fucking get. I forget what he said. He told us the exact amount. It was less. It was like 700 and some thousand dollars or something. He's like, you know, when you're like, I think he was in his late 20s, maybe. So he's like, when you're fucking basically your working career is over. You know, seven hundred and whatever thousand dollars is not enough to last you the fucking rest of your life, especially nope. when you don't have any fucking arms and you gotta, <laughs> you know, buy a bunch of like new shit and like buy prosthetic arms and do all this other shit that you have to now take care of. It He's sounds like, like some shit that the BA would pull. <laughs> fucking yeah. <laughs> There's some Motrin and water, motherfucker. We don't care yeah, about your arms. There's a fucking old leather belt to bite down on. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's still got teeth marks. Where the fuck did you get that Sprite? We didn't give you that Sprite. (laughs) You're paying for that. (laughs) Coming out of your pay, sir. (laughs) Yeah. That's like we always do. Like, I wasn't in the military, but I always hear military guys joke about if, like, don't even bother going to the VA. Just do the I'm a little teapot thing and take your arm and put it on your waist like this and then self-diagnose. Go, is the pain above my arm? If it is, it's Motrin and water. Is the pain below my arm? If so, it's water and foot powder. That's, <laughs> yep. <there he> is. <laughs> That's pretty much how you fix everything. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> All right. So he's got a second industrial accident story for us. God dang. I'm so glad we heard that hooked on safety thing. I wish I could meet that man. 
<laughs> he might be at stiff camp or heresy camp. <laughs> Give him safety classes. <laughs> All right. Hi guys, Sam here again with another industrial accident story. Uh, so this is industrial accident story number two. Uh, pre-warning, this one involves livestock. So uh, if anybody screamish about animals and stuff like that, then probably don't listen to this one. Uh, so Good warning. once again, there was a 133,000 volt cable that came down uh, and in a lot of rural England, they're running through the middle of farmers' fields. Uh, the farmers basically get paid to have the towers in their in their fields um uh, so what usually happens with a lot of the higher voltage stuff is if the cable breaks the connection cuts and they don't put any live feed through the cable what they then do is there's a timer on there that usually waits three to ten minutes depending on the size of the cable and then uh, it sort of sends an automatic charge through the cable again it's usually in case of squirrels birds or anything like that fl uh, fly or jump onto cables and just get electrocuted um so one cable cut out it kept reigniting and then kept cutting out again uh, and this is all being controlled remote remotely from like our uh, sort of control center guys went out as they were approaching uh, the middle of the field one of them was like oh, can you smell barbecue and this is in the middle of like storm weather uh, around christmas a couple of years ago and i was like why would anyone be barbecuing at this time of year and um as they're approaching approaching where the cable should be um there is just chunks of burnt cow what had basically happened is the cow had started chewing on the cable <laughs> uh when it had come down and then every time it uh kicked back in the cow would get an electric shock but the problem was because the cow sort of as it got electrocuted clung on to the cable each time the cable went out and then back in again it got more and more electrocuted till finally uh, it gave way within a sense and uh, that was why there was a smell of barbecue uh, as they arrived to site <laughs> oh, that's, that's one way to get a brisket cooked yeah <laughs> I hope somebody ate that poor little cow <laughs> like or somebody did something to do it oh, great stories man those were both solid, solid stories. Not as, like, I, I know you probably may want think we're supposed to feel bad about that cow, but uh, if if you haven't heard any of our, our stories about Zach assassinating a cow, then <laughs> you could tell we don't have much much sympathy for the cow. So, so yeah, that's it. That is, that is going to be it for voicemails and for industrial accident stories. That looks like they're all through. Check your messages, Michael. <laughs> Who is it? What's in the messages? Is it hooked on safety? Hooked on yep, safety. <laughs> I'm, I told you I'm not bullshitting. That's a video of that guy. That's the dude. Billy Robbins. He came and talked to us. Yep. An accident-free workplace totally eliminates genius. <laughs> is it a possibility? <laughs> well, I fucking love it, dude. <laughs> I will... Uh, since we have this request now <laughs> to to post up these links, <laughs> I will go ahead and <laughs> put this straight on the Facebook for you boys. <laughs> He's got Billy a Billy Robbins, videos. you're about to get a spike in subscriptions, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Dude was super, super, super nice guy. Super nice guy. He's one of the better speakers because we always have a big fucking corporate safety day and they always have like a keynote speaker and they got him one year and he was probably... 
the best one we've ever had. I mean, Most he was entertaining. Yeah. He was funny as fuck, man. Really funny. Um, had a good message and just, you know, was type of person that just makes your day better, you know, being around and talking to. Hey, if you're one of our listeners and you work in a shitty industrial job, like a lot of us do fucking maybe give that dude's company a shout out. If you can't get him on board, man, cause safety breeze fucking suck. So if you can yep. get someone who's good at it, yep. that's, that's gold, man. That's a <laughs> skill. You know, that is a fucking skill. <laughs> okay, he's posted on the website. It says from episode sixty-five, hooked on safety. <laughs> I like to picture everybody on that Facebook who sees that post is like, "What the fuck is going on right now in that podcast?" <laughs> All those four thousand like people. What the fuck? <laughs> we just want you to be safe, people. Yeah. So that's it for industrial accidents and stories. Ryan, why don't you tell us about the search for the Armana Bundus Codex? Um, so I went up to Michigan for an event this uh, weekend. So uh, a lot of our club guys went. I'm trying to think. We had uh, so Jacob, Alex, Nick, Jason Hall, myself, and Rick went up there. So I think six six of our club guys. I think that's right. So um, we went up there, and I think they had about 10 people of their own. There's about 15, 16 people there, maybe, maybe a little less. Um, they had a one-day, three-round event, and uh, the first round was 500 points, the second round was 1,500 points, and the last round was 2,000 points. And the idea behind it was you played on super, super, super dense like city ruins boards, like probably the densest tables I've ever played on. And it was supposed to be kind of like a Centurion. It wasn't 100% required Centurion. It didn't say, like, you must bring Centurion. But it was highly, highly encouraged to do so. Um, so I tried to build my list as uh, Centurion as possible. I can go over very quickly what I took. Hang on, give me just a second. Uh so I basically I took my Blood Angels because it was the only army I had that I could like get a Centurion list out of or cl as close to a Centurion as I could without having to paint anything like too crazy. That's why I painted that uh, Jump Pack Chaplain and the Apothecary. Um, let me find it here. There we go. So uh, my 500 point list was essentially a Chaplain with uh, uh, his Crozier was an axe and he had Artificer armor. Melta bombs, refractor field, and jump pack, and then I had a ten-man assault squad. The sergeant had artificer armor, power weapon, and melta bombs, and then two of the guys had axes. And then I had a ten-man uh, veteran tactical squad with uh, just bolters that I took marksmen. And um, the the requirements was you only had to have a single troop choice, so that was my whole army. When I went up to fifteen hundred, I took all that same stuff that I just went over. And I added a Praetor with Paragon or with a, a Praetor with Blade of Perdition, um, Melta Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and Space Marine Bike. And then um, I put a Rhino with a uh, Assault Cannon in for the uh, veterans. I, uh, then I took a, ten, a normal 10 man tactical squad. And I gave the sergeant artificer armor, power weapon, melt bombs, and I also put them in a rhino with an assault cannon. And then I took a apothecary with the jump pack to add to the assault squad with the chaplain. 
Um, and then I took five attack bikes with assault cannons and melt bombs. And then that was my 1500 point list. And then for my 2000 point list, everything was exactly the same that we just talked about. Um, except I added in six jet bikes with, uh, two Volkite Colverins and three javelin speeders as a squadron that had assault cannons and then just the cyclones and then a second veteran squad and a rhino with an assault cannon. And I added melt bombs to the assault Marines. So that was my three lists. So the only thing that in my list that wasn't true Centurion were the rhinos I took. So at 1500 points, I had two rhinos and at three at 2000 points, I had three rhinos. Um, the problem there was I had taken every infantry model that I own <laughs> for Blood Angels. I, I took my 10-man tactical squad, my 20 veterans I have painted, my 10 assault marines I have painted, and all the characters on foot I have painted. And then I took my character on bike and my attack bikes and then my javelins, and I took some jet bikes. So the only other things I had that weren't tanks were uh, outriders, but I'd already taken up my three fast attack and... So I, I, even if I swapped like javelins out for outriders or what, I couldn't make the points come out right. So instead of taking something like a Scorpius or a fucking Sakaran or something like that, I just threw in three rhinos. I figured that was like the least, you know, like I was trying to stick as close to Centurion as I could, but I just kind of ran out of models. So I figured rhinos were the least offensive thing, I guess, to throw in. Yeah, I couldn't see how anybody could get mad at a rhino. Unless it's got maybe a multi melt on it or something, but I put like I said I put assault cannons on them, but I tried to um, either start out of the rhino or get like turn one basically move up and get out immediately where my guys weren't like hiding in them. The only exception to that was I fought a guy that had um, a Scorpus whirlwind, so I didn't just like deploy out like I didn't just stand around and let him just shoot my tax squad with the fucking Scorpus right away. Beat your dick <laughs> off, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, I, uh, like, my vet squads came in from outflank, and I got out. I think I, the, I had, I did stay in one of those, once again, the guy had, like, fucking a full squad of grave wardens with, you know, with all those fucking flamers, and I was like, well, these guys will just instantly get, you know, destroyed. So I was like, eh. I'll just stay in this rhino. <laughs> at least let it get me shot. out of a rhino. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my first opponent was this guy named uh, Chris Bergeron. He's a really, really, really good opponent. Um, he's a retired Marine. He was in the Marines for, I think he told me, a little over 20 years. Super, super nice guy. It's the first time I'd met him. Um, he said he just started listening to this show, so he'd been listening to the show just a little bit. And then I come to the event, and he heard my voice. And he goes, are you Ryan? from Radio Free Is Fun. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I just started listening to your show. He's pretty pumped. So that was really cool. And we got to play uh, round one. He was playing Mechanicum. His army's fucking legit. It's like a, a mostly red paint scheme with a lot of silvers and yellows in it. Kind of more traditional, but it very, very well done. He had con all of his, uh, a lot of his stuff was converted. He had a really super badass uh, Magos that's like, it's the guy with the big hood thing, the Dominus Magos that he'd like cut all apart and, uh, put it with a lot of pieces from that uh, crawl guy from 40k, and then a lot of pieces from a domitar as well. So it's like part domitar, part crawl, part fucking nice. Magos Dominus. It looked really legit. And he had a bunch of like pieces magnetized for it, where he could give it a bunch of different loadouts and shit. It looked really badass. So 
in my first game at 500 points against him, he had that guy. Uh, just a, he didn't run him as an arch magos. It's just the standard, uh, the two wound, you know, whatever the the normal magos is. That's not totally out of control. Right. Um, and he just left him with this four up save, and he took uh, 20 of the thralls and gave him, I think, fearless, feel no pain, and the thing where they shoot twice. So basically, all the upgrades, and then he had a six man thalax squad with a single plasma fusel in it. And that was his army. And then, like I said, I just had the 10 assault Marines, the 10 vets and my chaplain. And, um, the mission was basically at the end of the game, you needed, you took any scoring unit you wanted and measured from it to their nearest enemy unit. And you scored one point for every inch of distance they were away. So the idea was to make sure that you had stuff close to their scoring units at the end of the game or had their scoring units eliminated so that they couldn't measure very far while you had one of your scoring units far, far away from all their stuff. Dang. That would have been like the one cool time to have like a random as five man recon squad infiltrated in the back of your line. Like, Oh, yeah. did you see this? Cause you said like terrain was heavy. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lift up the, so up the terrain. what I tried to do, I brought my uh, sniper vets on from, uh, I don't Remember if I, I think I, I may have maybe outflanked them. I can't remember what I did, but I think I did outflank them. So they come on and I came on where I was like exactly 24 inches away from stuff. And I was just trying to like move just far enough to like single shoot all 10 of them at something. And then I deep struck my assault Marines in, um, they had a special thing cause it was supposed to represent orbital landings where you could deep strike turn one. Um, so I deep struck my, uh, Assault Marines, like, right in the middle of the board because I had to go first and none of his shit was on the board. So I figured if I put him right there, no matter where he put his stuff, I would be halfway close. So I basically, the idea was to go around with my Assault Marines and try to kill as much of his stuff as possible and then leave my veterans back just shooting at max distance to try to keep distance. And it ended up... um, So what ended up happening was I lost a... Just to make it really quick, I lost a bunch of my vets to shooting. I think I had about half the squad left. My assault Marines kept dying to overwatch. Every time I'd fucking charge with them, I'd lose like three or four to overwatch. (laughs) It was fucking ridiculous. Um, those fucking thralls because they shot twice. Um, he just had, and he had 20 of them. It was like 40 dice and he kept rolling really good with his hits and wounds. And I couldn't roll fucking my saves weren't, my dice weren't bad. It was only bad when I rolled my armor saves against overwatch. I'd lose a bunch of dudes. So, what ended up happening, it came down to the end of the game. All my assault marines were dead except my chaplain, and I'd killed all of his army, basically, uh, with my assault marines mostly. And my chaplain had one wound left, and his magos had one wound left, and we're touching in combat. So it it was pretty cool, because it basically came down to that combat going back and forth, and I ended up killing that uh, guy and getting rid of him. But if he'd have killed the chaplain... He just had the one unit left, and I had my one unit left, and we would basically drew because we're equidistant, obviously, if there's only two units left. I dig it. It sounds like a first first round. But it was, yeah. you said it so was, that, uh, was 500, 500 points the first round, and then I'm guessing that like swap between? Yeah, it was 500 points the first round, and then it went up to 1,500. So the 1,500-point game was against uh, Alex Weisner. He's a local guy here, so... We get to hang out with him and play with him all the time. He's playing Iron Warriors. Um, his list was like, he had two 10-man tactical squads with additional close combat weapons and rhinos. 
uh, 10 Tyrant Siege Terminators with a Terminator Siege Breaker attached to it, a Scorpus Whirlwind, and a Contemptor Dreadnought with dual carries, assault cannons, and a Dreadnought Drop Pod. Okay, that's pretty brutal in a yeah in a centurion. So, <laughs> yeah so it was pretty rough um I, I was pretty scared of it but then because the terrain was so dense i found some buildings that the the bottom levels were totally blocked off so what i did is i had that squadron of a, the fo- full squad of attack bikes and assault cannons with the blade of perdition praetor attached to it and i was able to move up and assault a tactical squad and kill the tactical squad and assault obviously because fucking the Blade of Perdition guy is not going to be stopped by a tactical squad. Um, so killed those guys, and then when, <laughs> with my Consolidate moved, I moved in behind this building where the whole lower floor was blocked off, and I was at the perfect distance where I would be able to move out of that building and around this wall and be able to shoot and then assault the Siege Tyrants. They weren't in a position to move anywhere where they could get line of sight to me before that could happen. And obviously, because they're cataphracted, they can't overwatch. So he was only able to move and get line of sight with two guys and was able to kill one attack bike. So I still had four left. And then on my next turn, when my reserves came in, um, I was able to kind of surround him. I had assault marines that deep struck down. Um, I had my javelins come in and shoot the Scorpus and get rid of it. And uh, I had my tact- my tactical squad actually did something. The the Contemptor deep struck down in the Dreadnought drop pod and shot to death like half my tactical squad. But because it didn't have any close combat weapons, I was, I was like, it's worth the risk just assaulting this thing just to tie it up so it can't shoot. So I assaulted in and my tactical sergeant with a single melt-a-bomb attack blew up the Contemptor which is pretty fucking awesome. So I claimed the Contemptor's life with my lowly, lowly, lowly tactical squad, which is pretty sweet. Um, and then what it came down to was I I shot shot into the Siege Tyrants with all the assault cannons and then assaulted him with the Blade of Perdition. And I think I killed, between all that, I killed like, I killed the Siege Breaker and five of them. So he had five guys left. So he swung back with 10 Power Fist attacks. And... <laughs> Unfortunately for him, he literally, out of 10 dice, he rolled two hits. So only two dice out of 10 came up four plus. So then he he rolled the wound and wounded with both. So I lost a single attack bike because they can't be doubled out. So two wounds went on attack bike. So I still had three left plus my Praetor. So um, he had to pass a uh, break check, which I believe he did. So we were stuck in combat. But what was going to happen was next turn, um, my assault marines were going to go over there and clean up, you know, what the bikes didn't kill. Um, and beyond that, he also had the only one scoring unit left, which was the tactical squad. Oh, sorry, I forgot. So the mission for this was you, any scoring units that were in a building at the at the end of a turn, you scored one point for being in a building in your deployment zone two points in no man's land and three points in the enemy's zone because I had started my tactical guys. I got them out after turn one and put them in a building in no man's land. They were scoring two points around and I had killed his tactical squad that had gotten out after they'd only scored two points with my blade of partition guy. And then my assault Marines deep struck into a building in his deployment zone. I was getting three around from them. 
And then, so all I ha- I knew as soon as he got out of the Rhino with his other squad, I was just going to fly over there with the Javelins or the Assault Marines and kill him. And then I was basically going to keep cumulum scoring points. Um, so he was pretty much screwed at that point. So we kind of, pizza showed up to eat lunch. So we just kind of, he, I'm like, well, we can play this out if you want. I don't care. So we kind of played it out just a little bit more and the score was going to get out of control. So we just uh, called it and ate pizza. So that was my second round. At least, and then at least, um, at least you with the honorable way. It's like, it's like, hey, I will continue this contract of a game with you. But I um, wanted, I well, he was the one that wanted to call it. He's like, ah, fucking pizza's here. I don't think I can keep up. Let's just call it. And I'm like, well, you still got this, this, and this. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, you never know. I mean, assault can be a weird thing. I mean, you never really know. And he's like, yeah, but this and that, and he's like, I'd rather just eat fucking pizza. And I was like, all right, man, <laughs> let's let's go eat pizza. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, so then in the third round, I played Jacob, who's one of the guys that does the Dark Age podcast with me. He was playing Alpha Legion, so he's running Coils of the Hydra. So he had uh, three tactical squads. Two of them were in Rhinos, and I forget what the other one was doing. Fuck, I don't remember. Maybe they're in a Dreadclaw, maybe? I think they were maybe in a Dreadclaw. And then uh, he had another Dreadclaw with some uh, Machine Killer Vets with melt- with commie Melts in it. He had a Leviathan and a Dreadnought Drop Pod with a Cyclonic Melt-A-Lance, the uh, Titty Volkites, and the Phosphex Discharger. Um, and he had a Charybdis with seven Grave Wardens stolen with coils with a Dynat attached to them. Um, so that game was, uh, really close for a while. Um, trying to think what the key thing was. So the Leviathan, what are you laughing at? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Keep going. Okay. So the, the Leviathan Dreadnought man is no fucking joke. Like, oh, that's pretty funny. (laughs) So, um, send that to Scott. So <laughs> I shot, I shot the shit out of it with assault cannons, and I was hoping to hit it and immobilize because you know you can't blow it up. But I was hoping just to get a damage result through and uh, get it immobilized on it, and it just didn't happen. And I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I was like, I'll just assault it with these five attack bikes with melt bombs and this Praetor with melt bombs. So I'm like, I got six melt bombs. Surely I'll kill this thing. So I sold into it, forgetting that it has just four fucking base attacks. Yeah, it's brutal. And it, and it hits on threes, because it's weapon skill five. So I should have, like, been a little bit more careful, but I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll just assault it. So I think I chipped one whole point off of it with an assault cannon, and then decided to assault it. So Jacob promptly hits me with all four fucking close combat attacks, and then doesn't roll any ones on the Tawoon, so he just fucking smashes my entire bike squad, except for the Praetor and one attack bike. So I clamp two melt-a-bombs on him. I glance with one and pin with the other. So he passes, or he fails the invul save with the glance, so he goes down another hold point. Then he fails the invul with the pin. So I'm like, ah, I got a chance to blow it up. So I yeah. roll my die and roll a three, which goes to a five, which is weapon destroyed. Fuck. So I'm like, unless this is the fucking close combat weapon, I'm pretty fucked. And it's got fucking five weapons so the odds that that was going to happen were low so you have these dog tags if you go to the event you can spend them 
for like a free reroll. So I'm like, I'm going to fucking reroll this dice because I need an explodes result here. So I reroll it and roll a fucking three again. So no <laughs> dice. And then I, I, so I roll the damage result, what it is, what blows up, and I kill a fucking titty Volkite. So it's like got one whole point left, but it's going to fight, you know, first the next round. So I was like, well, fuck. So anyway, the next round it fights and it goes before me. So it gets three hits again. So it kills the kills the attack bike right away. And then I get have to make two four up saves on my Praetor. So I pass one, fail one. So he's dead. But I have one more reroll from because I have two dog tags. So I use the dog tag for another reroll and passed. So I was like, fuck yeah. So he lived. Uh, tried to use a melt bomb on the guy and just failed. Just missed putting the melt bomb on. So the, the only thing that saved my ass was the following turn, like that turn or whatever. My assault marine squad finally assaulted in, and you know they have eleven melt bombs. There's a lot more guys there, and I had a chaplain with hatred, and I was able to clamp a fuck a bunch of melt bombs on it and tear it down. And then. Um, the Charybdis got immobilized when it landed on all those fucking buildings. It tried to move and got immobilized, so he had to get out. And when the, all the Grave Wardens got out, they shot my tactical squad because they were holding an objective and killed a bunch of those. And then I moved over there with my jet bikes, my javelins, and my outflanking sniper vets. And then the, what was left of the tactical squad, Fury to the Legion, I shot all that stuff into those seven Grave Wardens and Dianat and was able to kill them. And then after that, it was pretty much downhill from there for him so the basically the mission for that was we had one objective and you had to hold that objective and then you also basically scored half like so you're playing two thousand points everything you killed was worth half points of whatever its value was so if you killed uh, killed a unit that was worth 100 points you scored 50 points basically so i, I ended up uh, killing all of his army um, or most of his army. So I scored a, like a bunch of points there and then I held the objective at the end of the game too. So I scored a bunch of points there. So I ended up uh, winning that one too. So um, all my games were pretty close except for the, the center one with Alex just because of the way the terrain was. He couldn't bring those. He spent all those points on those siege tyrants and they basically did nothing for him. Um, and then when I finally got into combat and he had a chance to smash me apart with Power Fist... His fucking dice just absolutely betrayed him. Dice and then they got him. killed. Yeah. So um, other than that, uh, the other two games of mine were really close. And I really, ha really, really had a good time. Um, there was a three-way tie for best loyalist. Um, but Jeff, one of the guys that was in the three-way tie, got best uh, painted loyalist. So it was between me and this other guy. So I just told him uh, he could have the gift certificate. So he got that gift certificate. But then my buddy Nick won Best Trader. So he got a gift certificate. And then he said, I don't, there's nothing here I want. So he gave that gift certificate to me. So after like round robin of gift certificates, I ended up with a gift certificate. Um, they had some old Forge World books there. I say old, they're like only old because 8th came out. Like the ones that got, you know, the Imperial Armor books. Yeah. So they had Volume 2, Imperial Armor, and then they had the Imperial Armor Apocalypse with like all the Macarius chassis and all that. They were on sale for $15. Jesus. And they were, they, Holy they were brand, shit. They were brand new, so I took pictures of them and asked any of the groups if anybody wanted them. So Max from the Road to Terror podcast wanted the Apocalypse one because it has the Macarius in it. 
So I talked him down to $10 oh, on wow. the book and then used my gift card on that. So I basically got it for free. And then with uh, the extra like 20 bucks went towards a, some of that uh, Armageddon terrain that Scott was talking about. So I got another nice, box man. set of that. Um, and then uh, Rick, the guy I wrote up with, uh, he plays Alpha Legion. He's one of our local guys. Uh, he bought the other, uh, the vol- the Space Marine Volume 2, which is like used to be like a $100 book. You know, when he got it for $15 or whatever the fuck it was. That's fucking bonkers, dude. That's garage sale prices right there. Yeah. So the craziest thing, real funny story. So me and Rick, we uh, we roomed together. We drove up the night before, and we stayed in this uh, place in Toledo because Toledo's like an hour away from where the event was at in Michigan. So we basically drove through the top corner of Ohio and up into Michigan. So we decided to stay like an hour away so we could get – because I got off at like – 10 o'clock at night and I have to pick him up at 11 at his house in Carmel. Then we drove from Carmel, Indiana. By the time we hit Toledo, it was like two in the morning and we had to be up at like nine in the morning. So I was like, well, we'll get six, seven hours sleep and then be able to, you know, take a shower or whatever and then drive the rest of the way. Cause the event didn't start till 11. Right. So we figured that would work out. So I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, just get me something cheap. I don't really care. So she finds this fucking hotel for like 60 bucks or whatever. So I'm not that worried because we got three hotels here in Martinsville that are all like 60 to $70 and they're nice. They're like a holiday Inn express. You know, there's like nothing sketchy about them. They're a nice hotel. If you're in Toledo, don't buy a <laughs> fucking Did your room smell of harvested kidneys. Oh dude. So I go, so did, the, your, you did pull, your AC vent have a blinking light inside of it? <laughs> so this fucking place. So it's at the very back of an industrial park. So we drive out all the way back to this industrial park and it's one of those like just two levels. Like it's just like one big long building. That's two levels that you always see on cops where they're like fucking always dealing drugs out of the upper level. Did you ever watch uh, everybody loves Earl or something about Earl Earl. or whatever that name is Earl. My name is Earl. You know, the fucking apartment that he lived in Yeah. or not the apartment, the hotel room. That's what this place was, was just like that. So you know there's a problem when you go into the office to check in and you got to go through like buzz be buzzed through like three bulletproof fucking barriers to get to a you know six inch fucking piece thick of glass you know to talk to the little four foot tall Indian man to get your room key. So anyway, <laughs> he goes, what the fuck do you want? You're what staying yeah. here? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> so we get into the room and i'm like well at least it's clean i'm like i'm sorry rick this place is pretty sketchy i didn't know it was that sketchy and he's like ah i don't really care and i'm like well you know you're a long way from carmel indiana (laughs) if i can tell you that so anyway like he he was cool with it so we get in there the first thing i notice i go to take a piss and the bathroom door won't close because somebody's like fucking kicked it or something, and the whole fucking locks busted out of it. So the door HTS just like had to kick the door. Yeah, in so and the door, it. the door just door just doesn't latch. Uh, so we uh, we go to we try to go to sleep. So we fucking turn off the lights and lay down, and we've basically been asleep or trying to go to sleep for like five minutes, and we hear a fucking train whistle, wonk wonk, and we hear the train getting closer, and we're like, okay, so we're. Buy some train tracks, whatever. I'm not saying anything. He's not saying anything. Well, the train keeps getting closer. Keeps getting closer. Keeps getting louder. The fucking windows start shaking. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I literally go, God damn, how close is that going to get? And he's like, I'm like, Jesus. So it kept, 
Dude, it got so loud. I thought it was like I thought it'd come off the fucking rails and it was about to come through the hotel. I was almost ready to fucking get up and run. Like I didn't know what was going on. It was so loud. So that was all night fucking long. Like there was train after train after train. I was able to go to sleep because I've told this story on the podcast before where I fucking grew up. We grew up literally next to the fucking train depot here in town. And we were in this house that was over 100 years old. And I had a bed with rolling <laughs> casters on it. And fucking trains would go by all night. And I'd wake up and my bed would be across the room where it would fucking <laughs> vibrate across the floor. So I guess like, because I live like that, like the first 12 years of my life, I guess that shit doesn't bother me anymore. So I was able to go to bed. So Ryan we laughed out it, hard. Like, <laughs> the best so it was dark. Knows. When we pulled into the parking lot, it was dark, so we didn't we never we didn't notice the train tracks or train anything when we pulled in because it was dark. Well, when we got up in the morning to leave, there was a fucking train going by right when we were walking out to the truck, and we noticed immediately like it's like hotel parking lot like six feet behind the parking lot fucking train going. So I'm like, well, no fuck, it was like no reason it was so loud. It was like, you know, from like the width of my house wide was where the fucking train was going by from where we were sleeping jesus shaking windows and just shaking caster beds <laughs> i just imagine so, like the train going by rattling loose a pipe just just yeah. spraying water on him as he's asleep well no i can sleep i'll be all right uh, that was pretty funny so me and rick were laughing about that a little bit but uh no he was a good road companion uh we talked the whole way, just you know, talking shit about heresy and stuff. Uh, so it was, it was a fun trip. Love it, dude! <laughs> Fucking love it. Love the uh, love the heresy road trips, bro. <laughs> yeah, glad you got to stay in a sketchy ass hotel. I ain't got a story out of it. Yeah. So, dig it, man. And it sounds like you had a blast. It sounds like it's uh, fun. I I guess uh, those guys in Michigan really know how to put on an event, huh? Yeah, I like it. Um, I've been to the Michigan GT. I've been to this event, and I've been to another event they've ran. So I've been to three of their events. And then um, I'm going to go to the Michigan GT again this year, so that'll be the fourth. And then they've come down to two or maybe three of mine. So we play together a lot. Um, the, their club usually comes down. They usually bring between three and... I don't know, I think three and five maybe people down, and then we usually go up there with anywhere between, you know, that about that same same numbers. This time was I think the most people that we went up there with, which was sick. I guess oh no, we had about we had six or seven for the Michigan GT, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we we travel well to each other's events. We I mean, really try to I mean, support each other. Bringing some hillbillies up this year with me, so there's a lot of guys going this year. We have more guys going from the club. We should have about 10 guys total from the club. And then counting your guys too, Scott, we should have about a bunch of people going that we know. <laughs> Fucking sweet. So, so there's still spots open for the Michigan GT up there in October. So if anybody wants to go and play heresy with me and Scott and a bunch of our club guys and all these cool mission guys, I keep talking about definitely do it. It's, it's a really good event. Do it. It's it's a three it's a three day uh I think it's a three day narrative basically the first day's small zone mortalis games and then the next two days uh you play like five games that are all you know larger games uh you play three one day three on Sunday 
or sorry, three on Saturday, two on Sunday. And I think you play two games on Friday, Zone Mortalis. So it's basically seven total games over three days. Very cool, man. Very cool. Hopefully uh, y'all get that filled up. Fill up them last little bit of spots. Listeners out yep. there, make the drive. So, so that's it. That's all I got for the event. That's it for the Armada Bundus Codex. Uh, next up on the list is Word Bearers. We got a Word Bearers list in. Okay. So on to this Word Bearers list we got going on here. So this says, hello, Radio Freest fan, longtime listener, first time riding in from British Columbia, Canada. I really appreciate y'all taking the out of time out of your life to help us with the list. I have been playing 40K since the end of third, I'd say. However, I'm just getting serious in 30K to in 2017. I don't play all that often. However, with my kids getting older and my son getting into it, trying to convert them from 40K Chaos Space Marines, I'm starting to be able to find the time for the events. I finally settled on a Legion... Man, that is hard. Didn't realize how much I liked, disliked about so many legions. And when I went to an eve- event in February, not a full closer, painted with three colors, yes, but shit nonetheless, aiming to char- change that from an upcoming event in October, I was hooked on the narrative, as well as blown away by the cool-ass units I had no clue about. I know that my event is some time away. However, I paint slower than molasses in wintertime. Not Michael's bullshit Texas winners. I mean, real winners like Ryan's got in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, dude, we don't have a winner over here. And want to have an army, my army painted to my 40K Grey Knight Imperial Guard Demon standards for the event. So focusing my efforts on my list items is critical. I was hoping you could look at my 3,000-point 3, Age of Darkness Dark Brethren Ride of War Word Bearers list and my 1,500-point Zone Mortalis Combatant list that used Pride of the Legion Ride of War and give me some feedback, pointers, or hell, even a plain old criticism and scorn it if it's deserved. The main idea is to use DB Ride of War, the Dark Brethren Ride of War, <laughs> to get full brother demons that can buff my followers with Zardu selecting his powers from Malefic and summoning reinforcements. The Siege Breaker and Chaplain are going to roll on Biomancy and Lorgar selecting powers from Divination. No idea what the fuck I'm doing in Zormortalis. Never played it before, just putting together what I can and figure the worst I can do is fall, wetting my blades, and sweet blood of Loyalist Astartes. Hang on just a second, Michael, because I wanted to point this out. So he says the Siege Breaker and Chaplain are going to roll on Biomancy. Oh, this is talking about the Dark Brethren, not the right, not the... Um, never mind. Sorry. Okay. Move on. I was thought he was talking about Zone Mortalis, and I was going to point out that he had, you can only take uh, two HQs in Zone, and he was listing three, because he's listing Zardu, a Siegebreaker, and a Chaplain. Damn. But, so, anyway, I got confused. Go ahead. He says, a note regarding the list, I'm planning on summoning demons into the game, not start with them, as they can get a bit cheesy these days, and it seems to fit my overall chapter background I've created. At the end of the day, I would like to leave the event feeling I was able to hold my own and still have some friends in the end. The models I'm working on are Calthbox, five converted destroyers with jump packs and rad missiles using Sanguinary Guard jump packs, a Prospero box, converted siege breakers with Sanguinary Guard jump packs, three quad mortars, Dreadclaw, Legion Drop Pod, Lorgar, Zardu Layak, Spartan, two Rhinos, ten Galvorback, a Maro Gall Dreadnought. The list I've made are attached and made with Battlescribe. Thanks again for all you do. Ryan and your word bearers are unfucking believable. So glad you decided to stick around. Oh, and Scott, you were right. Those Night Lords were off the hook. 
Keep up the good work, and we will keep listening. Cheers, Ezra. So, Ryan, what kind of list did you build him? Okay, so so we'll go through these real quick. So his original Zone Mortalis list, I'm not going to get like super in-depth with War Gear or whatever. So his original Zone Mortalis list, um, for his HQ, he had a chaplain. Um, he just based, you know, uh, let's see. He had Artificer Armor, Refractor Field, Melt of Bombs. Then he took uh, Zardu Layak as well. Um, and then he also took the Blade Slays with Zardu. Um, then for Elites, he had uh, Galvorback Squad. Uh, uh, I think it's a full 10 man. And the Dark Martyr had Ar- Artificer Armor and Lightning Claws. And then he had a Legion Quad Mortar Support Battery. Um, the problem with that is you cannot take uh, Artillery or Barrage Weapons in Zone Mortalis. So that is an illegal uh, Zone Mortalis unit you can take so them. you'll you have can't fire them indirectly oh you can yeah. i thought i thought you i thought it does it just say you can't fire barrage weapons you can't you can't fire them without line of sight you can take them you just can't fire okay them without line of sight all right well i would drop them anyway they don't fit with zone mortalis really so yeah that's anyway. a weird weird maneuvering yeah unless you're raven guard so we're off legion then he also for troops he took a uh Looks like a 15-man tactical squad with dark channeling. Um, and then he bought him additional weapons. And then he gave the sergeant artificer armor and melt bombs And then he took a five-man Terminator squad. The only thing I noticed about this is he gave the squad a chain fist, two power fists, and two power axes, which are all unwieldy. And then he gave the sergeant a grenade harness which just means going through difficult terrain, you strike at initiative because you count as having frag grenades. But if you're all unwieldy, you don't need that. So I would save yourself 10 points and get rid of the grenade harness. Unless you're just using it for the one-shot frag grenade, which isn't worth 10 points, in my opinion. But that's just me. So I wouldn't bother with that. Um, And I think that's his army that he took. So basically, the... What I wanted to do was uh, get rid of the quad mortars and replace them. And then, um, let's see here. So, 1,500 point. So, I I kept Pride of the Legion because he was running Pride of the Legion with this list. So, I kept uh, Zardu and the Blade Slave, so that's the same. I kept his Chaplain the same, except instead of a refractor field, I put a boarding shield on him. Um it fits for zone mortalis having the boarding shield. And like we've talked about on here many times before the uh, boarding shield, uh, gives you defensive grenades for the same points as the, you know, refractor field and pretty much the same save. So it's just a better option all around. So the chaplain has burning lore, uh, Crozius, which is an ax artificer armor, melt bombs, boarding shield. Then I took a 10 man, uh, veteran squad. Uh, the vets have, a Nuncio Vox, and then the entire squad has melt bombs and then the sergeant has Artificer Armor Power Weapon, and you're going to give these guys Marksman. The Nuncio Vox is important. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, then I took uh, the same five Terminators that he had, um, two Power Fists and two Chain Fists in the unit, and then the sergeant has a Power Fist. Um, so basically the squad that he had, except instead of axes, they're uh, more fists. So two Chain Fists, three Power Fists. Um, no, don't, get, don't take the Grenade Harness. Then I took a nine-man Galvorback squad instead of his ten just to save points. So it's a nine-man squad. The Dark Martyr has Artificer Armor Power Fist. 
Um, I'm not a fan at all. I play word bearers a lot and I do not like the lightning claws at all on the dark martyr. I don't think it does anything uh, for the squad. The key for me is the fact that that guy is strength five. So being able to give him a power fist and that jumping to 10, like it's very rare to have strength 10 close combat attacks on a fucking infantry model. So take advantage of that when you can. Plus I think the power fist is cheaper than the pair of lightning claws. So, 100% go Power Fist. Um, then, I wanted to use his Maragal Dreadnought, because for one, it's fucking baller in Zomortalis. It's like the f- the one spot that it is good, because it's awful on the open battlefield, and it's a cool model, and I want him to be able to use it. So I threw the Maragal Tainted Dreadnought in there. Um, so the idea is, the Galvorback have Deep Strike, so you'll hold them as one of your units that go in reserve, and then because you have that 10-man veteran squad... Um, with uh, a Nuncio Vox, when those guys become available, they can deep strike in anywhere within six inches of that uh, veteran squad and not scatter. So it's not going to make it dangerous for them to deep strike. Right. And then you'll probably, if you play with stratagems, want to give a flanking counter assault to your Margal Dreadnought because nothing's funnier than walking the Margal like into your enemy's deployment zone out of reserves, um, which is pretty funny. So. The idea behind this list was that Zardu would go with the... Uh, well, I don't know if he can deep strike or not. I have don't I don't have his rules in front of me. But you would put... He probably can't... Well, Zardu, sorry. Zardu's with the Blade Slave, so he would... He can't join a unit anyway. So you'd put the Chaplain uh, with the Veterans or the Terminators. And probably the Veterans... And then once the Galvorback deep strike in off the veterans, you would make the chaplain leave the vet squad and join the Galvorback squad. Okay. So that's how I would do it. So I think it's a solid list. This also gives you, uh, it gives you two scoring units, but with Zardu summoning demons, depending on how you play it, how you interpret it. I interpreted it. If you summon demons that are troops, they should score. I know other people, I don't know. I don't know how other people feel about that. That was one of the cake FAQ questions. Um, we've went over that a couple times. So it really just depends. Worst case scenario, they're denial units. Um, so you can still keep your opponent from holding objectives. Yeah. So, And a lot of the Zomortalis missions are just about killing, uh, killing infrastructure or getting into an enemy deployment zone or moving off the board. So a lot, it doesn't necessarily necessarily matter so much that you have a ton of scoring anyway yeah there's not really a whole bunch of object- objectives in Zomortalis yeah so that's what I did on his zone list um, so I hope he likes that uh, I didn't I was going to tell him I don't I'm not a fan of dark channeling uh, that's where you roll on a chart and you can get some bonuses the problem is if you roll high enough you become a demon and when you become a demon you lose scoring so you get some cool abilities, but you totally lose the ability to score, which I, I'm not a huge fan of, especially in a list like this that only has two scoring units anyway. And then when you take Zardu, it actually adds plus one to the roll, so you're more likely to not become scoring. So yeah. two, one, third of, one third of the time, you're just going to lose scoring. And I think that's too too risky. You need to have a few scoring units. Um, so for his... 3,000 point list. Um, he had 
a the same chaplain that he has in the other list, and then he took a, a siege breaker. The siege breaker had artificer armor, burning lore, jump pack, three phosphex bombs, <laughs> power fist, and refractor field. So that guy's decked the fuck out. Then he had Zardu Layak on his own, so no blade slaves, which is a good move on the open battlefield. It's fine in zone like he had it, but I wouldn't do it that way on an open battlefield. Um, then he had a full 10-man uh, Galvorback squad uh, with the Dark Martyr with Artificer Armor and Melt-A-Bombs. No other upgrades. Uh, once again, I would 100% give that guy a Power Fist. Then he had a... F- this is the squad that killed me, and we're going to talk about it at the end of the list. So he converted up destroyers, which I get because people really like destroyers. You know what he talked about? He converted those five destroyers. So he took a five-man destroyer squad with jump packs and melt-a-bombs. The sergeant has artificer armor, lightning claws, and a single fox fest bomb. And then one of the guys has a missile launcher with a suspensor web and rad missiles. And this unit for five guys comes in at 305 points. Jesus. For five power armor guys with jump packs. So we'll talk about that. Um, then he took a Legion quad mortar battery with of two quad mortars with uh, phosphex and shatter shells. And then he took another quad mortar battery that's just a single quad mortar armed the same way. So phosphex and shatter shells. Then he took a 10 man uh, tactical squad with additional close combat weapon. Uh, in a Rhino with Dark Channeling. Um, no other upgrades. Then he took another squad identical to that for his uh, Taxical Marines. Um, then he took a Spartan as a single heavy support slot because when you take Dark Brethren, you can only have a single heavy support. So the Spartan has the uh, extra armor, flare shield. Well, okay, so it comes with that. So he basically bought it, a flare shield, um, armored ceramite, Where's the dozer blade? Do you buy a dozer? No dozer blade. So once again, 370 point vehicle drives over a bush. If you roll a one, you're stuck. So pay the five points and get a dozer blade. Um, then last but not least, he took Lorgar as his Lord of War. And then he took uh, a Terminator command squad uh, attached to Lorgar as part of his choice. Um, that's uh, four chosen in Terminator armor. Uh, the standard bearer has a power fist and then for a dedicated transport for them he bought a Anvilus Dreadclaw so Lorgar will go with the Terminators and the Dreadclaw so my problem with Terminator command squads is they lose um, implacable advance so you don't really gain anything because you know they, they don't have any different stats other than the standard bearer has an extra wound um, and their weapon skill five, but they lose any ability to score. Um, and the other problem is when you attach them to Lorgar, they become part of his points cost. So all their points are added into his points when determining your percentage for how expensive something can be for a Lord of War. So um, this is a 3,000 point list. So this unit with Lorgar came to exactly 750 points. So if he put any, like, one other upgrade on there, it would then become illegal. So it's not illegal, but um, it's one of those things I would be careful. It's something you got to watch out for when building a list. So I changed this list to 
So I kept Zardu in the list. Um, his chaplain that he took, I dropped it down to a centurion. Um, with, I didn't take another chaplain, and I'll I'll get to that in a minute. But the the base centurion is burning lore, artificer armor, power weapon, melt a bombs, boarding shield. So you could still use the chaplain model that I talked about making for Zone Mortalis, but just call him a centurion instead of a chaplain. Um, then uh, I took a siege breaker with phosphex bomb, artificer armor, power fist, refractor field, jump pack. So basically the same guy that he had, but I only gave him one phosphex bomb instead of three because that's fucking overkill. Um, then uh, I took the same uh, 10-man tactical squads and rhinos, but on the rhinos, I gave the rhinos multi-meltas. And I, so it's 10 tactical Marines with additional close combat weapon. The sergeants have artificer armor, power weapon, and melt bombs and they're in rhinos with a penal mount of multi so they're a little more useful than his squad, just because of, they got a few more warrior options. So I took two of those. Um, then I took uh, five Terminators as an elite slot. Uh, two of them have Power Fist, two of them have Chain Fist. Sergeant has a Power Fist, so it's going to be the exact same squad in his own Mortalis list, so it'll cross over without having to paint more models. And they bought a dedicated Anvilus Dreadclaw. Um, then for a second Elite Choice, I took a 10-man Galvorback squad. Two of them have Power Weapons, probably Axes. The, the Dark Martyr has Artificer Armor, Power Fist. So once again, this is going to be the same squad in his own Mortalis list just moved over, so he's not going to have to paint any more models. Um, then as a fourth elite choice, let's see, or one, two, three. Yeah. For, as a fourth elite choice, um, I took his destroyers. Um, so I, uh, what did I do different for whatever reason? When I built the squad, like he had it, it only came up to 280 points instead of his, I must be missing something that he took. But anyway, it's still it's 280 points for five destroyers, one guy with a missile launcher. Oh, I didn't give him melt-a-bombs. That's what it is. So these guys would be the 305 points. So sorry. So it's five destroyers with melt-a-bombs, jump packs, artificer armor and power weapon, and phosphex bomb on sergeant. Then for heavy support, it's the Spartan and then Lorgar. So basically all I did was take the Terminator command squad away from Lorgar and just make them elite Terminators with the Dreadclaw. And then my plan would be to take Lorgar, Zardu, the Centurion, and stick those all in the Spartan, because they'll all fit. And that's why I downgraded the Chaplain to a Centurion, because Zardu already has um, Zealot, so there's no point in having double Zealot. Like, you're just spending 35 points for really no reason there. So you're just better off sticking with the base Centurion in my build. So I put a few options in here. I'm just not a fan of this Destroyer Squad. I just 305 points for five Marines is just too much. I know we converted those guys, but just to give you an example, for for 280 points, you could as for fast attack, you could take uh, eight Ashen Circle, which are the Word Bearer specific Destroyers. And those guys come with their weapon skill five instead of four. So they're already going to be plus one weapon skill. Um, and they have an axe break instead of a chain sword, which is better. It's plus one strength and it's harder to get away and it's got an AP value. Um, and they come with hand flamers instead of bolt pistols, which once again is better. 
Um, and then you can upgrade any guy in the squad for five points to axes. So you're getting eight guys instead of five that are better. Um, and because they become fast attack instead of elite, it leaves you an elite slot open. And with the extra points, because they're cheaper than the destroyers, you can buy an apothecary with a jump pack to stick with them. So you're going to end up with a nine-man squad with feel no pain. And then you can throw the uh, the siege breaker at that point could then just join one of the um, quad mortar units. So you would drop the jump pack off the siege breaker and use those extra points to buy that apothecary, like I said, and then um, put that siege breaker in with the quad mortars. So Ashen Circle have a rule that they can't be joined by independent characters, but an apothecary isn't an independent character. He literally becomes a member of the squad. So I see nothing in their rules that would stop you from taking an apothecary for Ashen Circle. The other option that I wanted to point out for the same 280 points, you can take a full 10 man assault squad with melt bombs on every guy. And the Sergeant would have an artificer armor and power weapon for 245 points, which is a full 60 points cheaper <laughs> than the destroyers. So I put those in there because that would be another option. You could just break the other bolt pistol arm off and put some chainsword arms on them to still use those models that you built. And once again, they would be a troop's choice. So you would free up a, the last elite slot, and then you could then again take the apothecary with jump pack um, to replace the extra points plus the jump pack on the siege breaker to give that squad more durability. So that's what I would do. So I built the list basically three ways. One with your destroyers and then gave you two options where you could get rid of those guys and replace them with either Ashen Circle or convert them over to Assault Marines, which I think would be way better to go that direction. And if you went with Assault Marines, you get another scoring unit as well. And it'd be fluffier as well. I don't think that Destroyer... Well, I think the Ashen Circle are definitely fluffier than the... um, destroyers because they're like the word bear specific destroyers so they're yeah. better and also zardu layak was the leader of a of a uh band of dudes that was known for having shitloads of uh ashton circle he actually makes ashton circle troops when he's the warlord obviously because you have war lordar in the list he can't be so you can't do that but if you're going to put zardu in a list it makes a lot of sense to have ashton circle in the list i just i threw the assault marine option in there because i know he had it sounds like he'd custom built some cool models so he could still use the same models that he custom built. He would just have to dump one of the bolt pistol arms for a chainsword to make him a assault Marines. Easy enough. So that's that. So I hope he likes those lists. Rock and roll. What do you think? I mean, about those destroyers, I'm not just trying to go like bad on destroyers, but I mean, man, 305 points. Yeah, it's definitely too much. For, I mean, well, 305 points. I mean, what do you really expect out of them? Like, your like your survivability is the same as a five-man tactical squad. Like, it's they're not any better. They're not going to live any longer. I mean, unless you have the apocalypse they have, with they them. Have, they have essentially the exact same output as an assault marine, yep. other than they get one extra bolt pistol shot. Um, they they can they have melt bombs on both. They have jump packs on both. They have the same number of attacks. Um, the destroyers do not score where the assault marines do. The destroyers do get counterattack, 
and they have rad grenades is really the only bonus. Nope. There's no but, point. But you're talking... Yeah, I don't... You're talking almost triple the points to for counterattack, an extra bolt pistol shot, and rad grenades. I just don't see it. No. No, you had it right. And then, you know, this is the... If you could go with a more fluffy option, then you definitely, you know, go for a fluffy option. I mean, especially even the melt bombs like, I don't see where those would ever come in handy. Like, nothing is going to let you live to fly around with those melt bombs in a five-man unit. And like, it's only, it's only, yeah, it's only five guys. It's just not. Yeah. And if he goes the assault marine route, like I said, you're going to end up with a 10-man squad that all has melt bombs Then you're going to get an apothecary to give him feel no pain, you know, so you're, it's going to be even more durable on top of that. Right. And then if he still wanted to keep his siege breaker with the jump pack, he could, or he could drop the jump pack off and put him in the quad mortars. You really only have to drop the jump pack off and put him with the quad mortars. If you take the ashen circle, because he can't join the ashen circle because he's an independent character and he needs a unit to join. So he would just join the quad mortars, which would give your shatter rounds tank hunter that they already have. Cause they have Sunder, <laughs> but it is yeah. what it is. You're kind of he's kind of taking that guy as a tax to get phosphix anyway. You have to do something with him. You can't go jump around with everybody. Yep. All right. So next list comes out a Death Guard list. This is actually coming from Matt, the one we were talking about earlier that submitted the two industrial accident stories. His email was a twofer. Uh, so he says. I have attached two lists that if you guys have a chance to look over and cut to ribbons, I would be very thankful for. I'm going to be rolling dice in the narrative campaign at Nova, and I'm planning on bringing a loyalist Death Guard list based off of a Death Guard unit that did not make it to the Istvan 3 gathering, and since then have been hunting down their traitorous brethren. I do not need it to be able to win or anything. I'm looking for Death Guard fluffiness and bringing a few things to the table that people do not usually see in a Marine Army. Just a quick reminder, the 1,000 list is a specialized Nova combatant list, so it only needs one troop choice. For the 1K list, I plan on putting in the Delegatus and the Achilles with the Flamer Tactical Support Squad. The Vet Squad outflanks and walks out to be jerks. For the 1750 list, I plan on putting him on the Achilles with the Combi Flamer wielding veterans. Again, the other Veteran Squads outflanks to be jerks. I have plenty of unbuilt models to compensate for pretty much any changes you make and look forward to it. So, what did you do, Ryan? So, for his thousand-point list, he took a Delegatus, and there was a small problem. I, it's not really a problem, I don't think, but it, it was kind of weird. So, he took a Delegatus and chose the Right of War Chosen Duty, which is the one where you get veterans as troops. And um, then he gave him Artificer Armor, Power Axe, Power Sword, Bolter, melt bombs and Boarding Shield. Two guys got four so, arms. Shiva. <laughs> yeah. Shiva Delegatus. So... I think it's actually legal because you can trade your bolt pistol and or chainsword in for close combat weapons, and then you can just buy him a bolter, and then you can take the boarding shield. So I don't think this is illegal. I just don't know why you would take both a sword and axe. I guess for versatility, but I didn't... like. It's fucking 15 points to switch back and forth. I don't think that that's a wise 15 points. And I don't even really think you could... Like, if you didn't have the boarding shield and you were just going for, like, a cool modeling option where he has, like, a sword and an axe, I could get behind that. But then, like, what is he going to do with his boarding shield? So, like, I was just confused by the whole setup. So, I just marked out the power sword. I wouldn't take that. So, we'll just, then we'll go on from there. 
So then he had uh, six veteran Marines. These are the guys that he said were going to go in the Achilles. Um, so he gave them marksmen. He gave three of them combi flamers, one of them a melt gun one of them a heavy flamer, and then the sergeant had artificer armor, combi flamer, with all the combi flamers had kid munitions. Um, so the problem with this was he gave them both a melt gun and heavy flamer, so only one in five can have a special weapon, and this is only a six-man squad. So he's going to have to drop that melt gun and uh, probably just put in another combi weapon, um, which saved him five points. Uh, then he has five tactical support Marines. They all have just their stock standard flamers with Kim munitions. Um, the tactical sergeant has artificer armor and melt bombs. And then for elites, he took a contemptor dreadnought with twin leap Volkite Colvarin, a dreadnought chain fist graviton gun. And then for a second elite choice, he took a single rapier battery, which is a laser destroyer. And then, um, for heavy support, he took the Achilles and gave it a dozer blade because it basically has armored ceramite built in. So for this list... Okay, so I took his Delegatus and I basically kept it exactly the same, but I, instead of a axe and a sword, I just got rid of both of those and gave him a power fist um, because the it's going to be... So the axe and the sword combined were 30 points. So just swapping to a fist instead of both of those, um, it's in. It saves you ten points. So I, the one I came up with was just artificer armor, power fist that's master crafted for free, and then a bolter and a boarding shield. Um, so that's how I would run it. Then for troops, oh, what did I mess up here? Oh, uh -oh. okay, here it is. Nope, I didn't. I'm, I'm good. So for troops, I took... Uh, I had enough points to take to make the six-man veteran squad an eight-man squad. Um, so it's eight veterans with marksmen. Um, four of them have combi flamers. Um, one, uh, one of them has a heavy flamer, and the sergeant has a artificer armor, combi flamer, and power weapon, and the entire squad has melt-bombs. So these guys will outflank. And then um, I for troops, I took the same five-man uh, tactical support squad that he had um, that are just all all five guys have flamers with Kim munitions, but I bought them additional close combat weapons, so all five of them will have chainswords. But then the sergeant takes artificer armor and then trades in his chainsword for a power weapon. He can make that whatever he wants, and then he also has a melt-a-bomb. And those five guys in the Delegatus will go in the Achilles. Um then I kept the rapier exactly the same. And then I, to come up with the points to make these maneuvers, I, because it's on foot, I swapped the standard contemptor over to a cordis. So it's armed exactly the same as the contemptor in his list. I just made it a cordis, which makes it cheaper. Um, because it's, because it's in the open, it's going to take fire. So you want to make it a little cheaper. So it doesn't like, it's not knocking out as many points in your list when it does die. And also the Cordis is faster because of its free abilities. It gets to get you across the battlefield a lot quicker than a standard contemptor. So it's going to save you points. And I think fits the battlefield role a little better. The only thing that really is a downgrade is its side armor goes from 12 to 11 and it's shield only works to the front. But basically if you're starting on the table and moving forward, you're just always just going to want to make sure you're pointing it directly at the enemy. 
Yeah. Just so, fucking point front forward to front towards enemy. And and I think Michael agrees with me there where we just like the Cordis a lot better than the standard Contemptor. We feel like we have better luck with them. And I think the abilities, the bid being cheaper and the added abilities to make it move faster and or get rage or whatever more than make up for the fact that it's a little, a teeny tiny less durable because of the side armor and the shield only facing forward. So much more versatile. Just always remember, do not let its ass face the enemy. <laughs> like, do not. Yeah. It is. It, a bolter. Well, I mean, you don't want to do that. Like, well, even like a standard contemptor is the same way. I mean, it, it's still armor ten on the back on a standard one, and it just has a six up and vulnerable save to yeah. shooting. So, th- like, it's really not that big of a downgrade. But so, basically, I I, tr- I tried to keep the list very similar because he's like because he seems like he's got a plan on what he wants to run. So this will look the same on the battlefield. I basically just swapped around war gear. Um, made the vet squad a little bit bigger and changed the one thing that was illegal in the list, which was the extra special weapon in the vet squad. Um, And then I gave his units a little more hitting power just by giving them some pretty good war gear. So then in his 1750 list, he had a Delegatus with Chosen Duty again, uh, Artificer Armor, Bolt Pistol, uh, Power Sword that's Mastercrafted, and then a Combi Flamer with Kim Munitions and a Refractor Field. And then for a second HQ, he took a Pravian. Um, the Pravian had Artificer Armor, Power Axe, Volkite Charger, Melt Bombs, Boarding Shield. And then the Castellax, he, he took two Castellax to go with the Pravian, and the Castellax have four Flamers, so two on each arm of each Castellax, upgraded to Kim Munitions. And then he's choosing Scout for them, which is pretty cool. And then they just have their standard uh, Mauler Cannons and their uh, Shock Chargers. Um for troops, he took a five-man veteran squad. Three of them had combi flamers. Uh, one of them has a heavy flamer, and then the sergeant has a combi flamer with Kim munitions, and they're marksmen. And then he had um, another squad of five veterans, also marksmen. One of them had a plasma gun, and the sergeant in that squad had artificer armor, uh, power fist. And then he took ten destroyers as elites. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor and a melt or in a phosphex bomb. And then they took a dedicated land raider Proteus with, uh, arm or with a dozer blade, no armored ceramide on it. Um, then he took for heavy support, uh, the land raider Achilles from the last list. So just an Achilles with a dozer blade and then a Dorado dreadnought with, uh, the missile launcher on top and no other upgrades. And then he gave it heavy bolters instead of heavy flamers, which he should do. So for this list, once again, I tried to keep these fairly close to what he was running. Because like I said, he seems like he's got a pretty good idea. I just tried to clean some things up. Uh, Let me see. Matt, 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 Matt. Where's it at? Matt, too. Oh. Here's what I did. Okay, so I didn't really... I just made markings on the paper. So, instead of the sword on the Delegatus, I recommend doing an axe. You're, it's going to pay dividends way better. I've never had any fucking luck with power swords. They, like... They just end up not doing anything. I guess it's fine if you get them for free. Or, like, a, a character just comes with it. Like, um... 
what's his face? What's the is Alvex Mon? Doesn't he just have a power sword? Something like that. Yes, Alvex Mon does come with a power sword. But if, but but if you have an option and the character has a you know is a multi wound character with, with artificer armor and some type of invul save, you're better almost always going axe. Um, on the Pravian, you had a power axe and melt bombs, which if you total those together, they equal one power fist. Um, because that's a three attack model, and then when you you charge, it becomes four attacks. Um, I think you'd be better off switching to the power fist um, instead of the uh, axe melt bomb combo. I would rather get more attacks with the fist. Um, that's just me. And then also, if you did that, if you didn't want to take scout, you can always take tank hunter with these guys, and then that uh, fist would become tank hunter. That's just once again personal preference. You don't have to do that. Um, in the five man, the first five man veteran squad, I would drop the heavy flamer, uh, down to a, uh, normal flamer. Um, reason being is because they're sniper, they, they always wound on a four plus anyway. So having the, the higher strength of the, the heavy flamer, it does go to threes against toughness, uh, four or less or four, but it's. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things. It's it's extra points, and um, I dropped it down to a flamer, and we'll get why here in a minute because I needed some points for something. Then in the other five man veteran squad, um, I think you should just get rid of the plasma gun. Uh, reason being, if you shoot that plasma gun because it's rapid fire, these marksman vets can't uh, charge. And because these guys have four attacks on the charge, they're actually pretty good in uh, close combat. So I think you should ditch the plasma gun and and play, just leave them four basic bolter guys. And then if you always need to in a pinch, you can just shoot the four bolt pistol sh- or the five bolt pistol shots and then assault and instead of like trying to decide do I shoot this one plasma gun or not. Um, I just don't think the one plasma gun is really worth it. And then the sergeant in that squad has a power fist. Um, I would drop that down to a power weapon so he keeps his standard number of uh, four attacks. And also, like I said, I needed to save some points. So between dropping the plasma gun, um, dropping the power fist to a power axe, and then dropping the heavy flamer to a flamer, you get enough points to put armored ceramide on that Proteus Land Raider. Um, I just have a hard time advising anyone to take a Land Raider that doesn't have armored ceramide. I feel like it's one of those things that if you can't afford the dozer blade and the armored ceramite, just don't take it. Take something else. Too many points. Too many points to go out to a melt again or a yeah. multi melta rhino. So basically, I just made those few little war, war gear changes just to come up with the the twenty or twenty five points or whatever it is for the armored ceramite. So that's that's really the only changes I made. I would swap the the sword to an axe on the delegatus just for personal preference. I'd swap the melt the bombs and the axe for the power fist on the Pravian. Once again, that's just a swap. Once again, personal preference. But this, to save points, drop the heavy flamer to a flamer, drop the plasma gun, and then drop the power fist to a power axe, and that gives you enough points to put Ceramite on the uh, Proteus. So, Sounds that's good. really all I... Yep. So that's really it. 1750. Yep. So I, I left the destroyers in this list because it's a full ten man squad and because he didn't buy the the jump packs they're still two hundred ninety five points. They're, 
there's still too many points for what they do, but they are fluffy with Death Guard, and he said he wanted to run some unusual units you don't see. Um, and that 10-man squad is still cheaper than the 5-man squad in the other list just because of the way they're loaded out. So I just left them in there. Yeah. Super fluffy for Death Guard, too. So yeah, makes sense. That's it. That's all I got. So that's it for list, man. Take it. You did four lists for two people. Love it. And I bet you felt really good about that Word Bears list. You're really getting into that one. Oh, I like Word Bears. They're pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So last thing on the itinerary, the Wheel of Grindage. Got it. Got it right here. So we'll go through and read the podcasts that are on here because it uh, makes us uh, remember. Also, where's the marker? Yeah, let me go and explain how this works, guys. So the Wheel of Grindage is a, if you've never followed our show or this is the first time you're listening, uh, every once in a while we pull out this wheel that has every 30K podcast that's basically made it to four episodes. That's kind of the mark of, uh, that's, that's the mark. That's where you got to make it. So every Horse Heresy podcast, we put them on this wheel that we spin and if it lands on the name of that podcast, we send them a care package with local American foods. So a lot of these podcasts are international, so it will be some crazy stuff that they cannot get usually. Uh, Ryan and his wife, Emily, do some research into what they can and can't get. So they usually get some badass snackage and grindage. So here's a cool thing. So if we've already uh, sent a care package to those individuals or to that podcast uh we actually pick one of the one of our facebook listeners that shared our post for a new episode so once we post up that we've got a new episode as we post that up if you shared that post then there is a possibility that you could get some wheel of grindage so you could get some snacks and every time we hit another podcast we remove that wedge and we make it a listener wedge. So how many listener wedges do we have right now? We have one, two, three, four. Looks like four. So we have four listener wedges right now. So yep. there's a good chance that you could get some food from Indiana or Texas. Yep. So here's who we got on the wheel. We have the Eye of Horus Boys. We have the Northern Heresy. We have Varangian Heresy. We have the Don't Lose Your Head podcast, the Covenant of Fire podcast, the Combat Face podcast, the Loaded Dice podcast, the Geno 52 podcast, the Age of Darkness podcast, the Sons of Heresy podcast, the Seize the Initiative podcast, and then what are some other ones that we don't have on here yet? We have the Legion of Lies podcast. You can check them out. Yeah, Legion of Lies podcast. There's one called Heresy or Not. Heresy or Not podcast. Uh, the the Well, Heresy or Not is no longer, uh, but there's the uh, Spacemen with Guns podcast. There is uh, the, the Imper- Imperial Truth. We need to get him on here. Yeah, the Imperial Truth. The Great Emperor's man. Path podcast as well. Um, After Olinor, isn't that one? After Eleanor is one. Um, so yeah. Oh, oh, also the all these are podcasts except the 30k channel. He's a YouTube channel, so check him out on YouTube. He's who won the last spin. So 
we'll spin it this time as is, and then we'll take some of these guys that have already won off here, and um, we'll add uh, Imperial Truth. And then has Legion of Lies made it to four yet? I believe they are on episode two. Last I listened. Okay. So are we all ready to spin the wheel? Yes, Ryan. I'm ready. Spin that wheel. Oh, my goodness. It's spinning, guys. It's spinning. And it is still going. Gino, 5-2. You are winners. UK boys. Oh, my goodness. So Tom and Stuart. So I've been wanting them to win for a while. I haven't got to send anything to the UK. The last time we sent stuff was to the UK. We sent it to David over there. But we talk to Tom and Stu all the time, so it'll be cool to be able to send them some stuff. What's funny is I'm flying flying over there. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to fit it in my luggage, so we'll probably still just fucking mail it. (laughs) Yeah, put put some of them paints in there while you're at it. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) That's what I might do. So I might use this as an excuse to spend some podcast money instead of shipping money to upgrade to a checked bag so that I can uh, fit my paints and my uh, food in there. What do you think about that? All day, son. Do it. Because to ship it, we'll have to see what shipping would probably be 60 bucks, and I think to upgrade to a uh, checked bag is 75 So I might split the difference with the podcast and get it figured out and just take it with me. Don't hesitate to, man. Dip into them podcast funds. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. I'll figure that's it out. That's why they're there. I don't, that's why they're there. I don't know. That's you. not why they're there. They're for the show, <laughs> not for the fucking pay for my luggage. Uh, but anyway, that's cool. So that's that. So I'm going to mark a star on Geno52 that they are now a listener square. And then we'll go through. And uh, next time we spin, we'll put uh, Imperial Truth and... Uh, if Legion of Lies has made it to the four mark, we'll we'll find a place to fit them into. Come on, Alistair, you got it. Le- episode four, bring it in. So, bring it in, boys. So, sounds good. Skip episode three. Don't worry about it. <laughs> for real. So, anyway, guys, that's gonna be it for this episode. If you like this, if you uh, like this uh, episode, you want to see and hear more from us, and you're not following us on Facebook, definitely go to our Facebook page, Radio for Istvan. And check us out on there. We have a lot of updates. We throw a lot of things on there. Uh, as well, if you want to send in your list or any industrial accident stories, anything like that, any stories in general, uh, you can call us at 209-RFI-30K0. Uh, as well, if you are an international listener and you don't want to call and pay the tolls, the troll tolls for the boys hole, then you can... <laughs> Email us at Michael at Warhammer30k.com, Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, Scott at Warhammer30k.com, or Derek at Warhammer30k.com, and uh, we will get your your messages played on the air. Uh, as well, guys, if you feel that you really enjoy this podcast and you really like it, uh, we do have a Patreon. Uh, go check that out. Uh, there's some cool perks to being a Patreon. We have an awesome chat that we talk to all of our guys, and they get kind of the first run of uh ideas that we're tossing around so it was like a insider little group that we have there but i guess that's gonna be it man we will catch you guys later and we will ditch you out on some fresh ass tunes so y'all be going guys
things here. Everything is ordinary. It's just something I always do. It's ordinary. It's just something I always do. It's ordinary.